You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to Warcraft Reloaded, a podcast brought to you by Mash Those Buttons, covering World of Warcraft Classic and its community. I am Bobby, also known as Blazin' Bob, and today we are not joined by Mel, unfortunately, but we have the next best thing in the boomy from Boomunda. I don't know. <laughs> Classic Go, welcome to the show. I tried to come up with something fast there and failed miserably. <laughs> All good, man. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. And also joining the show once again, our oh man of caves and hardcore and man of numbers and facts galore, Table Slam. Welcome to the show. From uh, Ferranda. <laughs> I would definitely take a vacation to Boomunda. <laughs> I was thinking like down under, Boomunda. True. <laughs> You just go with the old classic from Moonglade. <laughs> and I'm from the depths of the, the trial of the Grand Crusade. True. And the noob looks very pissed at me in the background there. He's like, dude, are we going to get fighting or what? I'm like, dude, hold on, man. I'm waiting for the rest of the team. sink again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well. Oh, I'd like to start out the show by thanking our tank patrons and Thick Lizzie, Croxford, Braxton, and Turtle Whale. I'd like to remind everybody we stream the show live at twitch.tv slash blazinbob. And we stream now also on kick.com slash blazinbob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N-B-O-B. So check those out. Um, I want to encourage everybody to join our Discord server. We keep getting more in, but uh, we've got some... Fun stuff. This discord.me slash Warcraft Reloaded, or you can go to warcraftreloaded.com and click the Discord link or check it in the notes of this show. Um, so we didn't get any new voice voicemails this, this week. I want to remind everybody that number is 816 866 1066, or go to speakpipe.com slash Warcraft Reloaded. We did get some Discord podcast questions, which we're going to go over uh, probably first. Then we're going to do what we've been doing in WoW lately. Then we're going to go over a little bit of news. And at the end of the show, for this for the last segment, we were going to just do a talk about uh, the Week 2 DPS rankings came out for uh, Wrath of the Lich King TOGC. And we were going to look back at the Week 2 uh and you, you know of Nax in the week two of Olduwara, just see how the the landscapes changed over time, and maybe give a little bit of talk on how some people's rotations are going to be changing based on gear, and how some people's stat prios going to be changing because they're so you know we're getting close to like you know soft caps of crit and different things of that nature. So we'll talk a little bit about that too. I think it's going to be a fun show, and I encourage you guys to stick around. All right. I think I got everything out. Okay. 
table. Do you want to read the first question that we had from the Discord server? Sure. Fez. Yep, a question from Fez. Uh, hey, again, I was thinking, with this sidereal essence, or sidereal if you prefer, what do you think about making Heroic++ plus plus of all the dungeons, plus the old raids? Allow people to put groups together and do Ubers, Molten Core, Black Temple, etc. Would give people a reason to revisit old content. Who doesn't think back fondly of that first VC run, of course, Dead Mines? Would up the cost of items, of course. Would be a great way to gear alts without struggling through six-hour old wars. So, so the six-hour over, like the six-hour old wars, confuses me because he's talking about uh, he's talking about sidereal side real essence, but he's talking about six-hour old wars. Is that a ten man taking six hours? I mean, I guess we had a five-hour ten man one time with pugs, but I mean. Three of the hours were just filling the people that left every other boss. Like, <laughs> I feel like a so, gear thing. Like you're under geared, it could take a while. It's like yeah. a, like a couple of DPS checks. Yeah, I I mean, like I run through now the skips in Old War Ten in like an hour and a half time. Like, and we kill any boss that somebody is willing to you know pre bid, you know you know, a decent amount for us to kill the boss. Like, but sometimes we just kill the boss. If more than one person needs something, then we don't ask. We just kill the boss. Like, so we're always killing Algalon and, uh, and then, you know, Yogg and Vezix. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's so much easier to do that than the sidereal essence. But he's talking about like having sidereal essences drop in raids. Like, is he thinking like one parade or one parade boss because like those are those at this point like i mean we me and simon eyes two manned most of molten core and then three manned uh almost all of blackwing lair just had to bring in a fourth and this was just rogues had to bring in a fourth rogue to actually kill neff in the end in bwl so we'd be able to farm essences pretty fast doing that maybe if they made it like you could do it once a week. I mean, I guess you're locked out every week in the raids too. So I guess it wouldn't be all that bad, but it'd be a lot of essences, right? It'd be a ton. There's a lot of, a lot of old bosses. But I mean, if it's scaling them up to level 80, then okay. Or scaling us down to their original level. Yeah. If it did that, I mean, that would be, that'd be something interesting to get Sidiel Essence. But I'm still just enjoying older, like I like getting something from old war instead of essence sounds so much more appealing to me than going through 19 to 38 heroic plus pluses. Unless you've got like an all 5k pumper group, those are fun because you're like done with a whole a whole world tour in like two hours. But I don't know. I don't know. That's that's all my thoughts. What do you guys think? I mean, the thing with the old raids that I wish that they did was just make all the loot from those BOE, but that doesn't really help you out at level 80. It would just help you gear your alt while you leveled it up to 80. So it's like you could go, you could pre-farm like some gear from like Molten Core. So you get your tune up to level 60 and then you just throw it all of like it's tier one, except for the heirloom slots or whatever. I think that'd be kind of cool. cool. That would be kind of cool then you would see players in like outlands leveling up and they'd be in their tier one instead of 
random. So it would still bind to that new tune, though, right? So it wouldn't yeah, be yeah. like a it wouldn't be like an heirloom. It would bind no. to those tunes. Just be, and... Like in TBC, they made the uh, the world boss loot uh, BOE at some point at one of the later phases. So it'd be kind of like that, you know. You just make all the raid loot BOE. That's kind of that's kind of a cool idea because I was thinking, oh well, the greens outpace the gear, but the greens outpace gear in Molten Core. Full Nax gear, like, I mean, that was by most classes usable in the first raid. Like, you weren't even getting, you were getting side grades in TBC and uh, the Ten Mans, you know. So, yeah, some of the stuff didn't get replaced until Karazhan. Like, I, ta- I, my warrior, I was tanking a couple of bosses in like heroics and in Karazhan, still with some Nax gear on. <laughs> Well, even in Kara, like for warlocks in full tier and stuff, it was like side grades. Like mm-hmm. it was like like Kara was straight up side grades and like like it was crazy at a deep DKP guild because the warlocks that came from classic that, you know, were warlocks in classic basically just didn't have to spend any DKP in phase one, hardly at all. So in phase two they just cleaned up whereas we had to spend dkp on our new tunes because we needed gear you know and like they didn't have to do any of the pre-raid bis dungeon farming stuff either like it's crazy the big ones were like weapons like weapons was one of the things that did get replaced it, it did yes yes pretty pretty quickly like for most set classes bonuses were just so strong for some of the classes so I guess just like rolling off of that idea and trying to incorporate it into like the sidereal essence stuff, like maybe next raid tier when ICC comes out, they just make 10 man old gear BOE instead of it requiring sidereal essence. That's an interesting idea because then you would have people that are just like, fuck it. I'm going to go on my pumpers like, <laughs> and you're going to have pumper groups going in and clearing so fast because they could just send the gear to their alts. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Or what if they made the gear account bound, but it's like BOP, like account bound somehow, you know, like, so you could give it to your alt if you want it, but you couldn't like post it on the auction house. Yeah. Well, I, I, I thought that's what you were saying from it. Okay. Like right off the bat. I thought that was, no, ass- no. that was assumed it was account Bind on equip. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. That'd be cool. I just, yeah. Cause like I would want the market. Cause then, you know, then you'd just be in there farming like stuff. Like they're just, yeah. It'd be, I mean, it'd be a, an interesting new way to farm though. I feel like Go, Go's idea of making like old, old raid gear BOE and also having like, you know, some sort of sidereal gain from old raids it could be interesting because like there's people that like to collect stuff so like you know if you re-roll the new class in wrath and you're really liking it you're like oh man i wish i played this back then because then i would have tier one tier two on this class or whatever it's kind of a pain to go back and you know farm something to you know for a different but if you have just one character or if if it's boe you could just buy it off the auction house it would open up a whole new market of stuff on the ah be kind of interesting and then the people that actually go and run the stuff to get those pieces to post they get something out of it too other than just gold by the sidereal thing 
Mm-hmm. And then when Transmog comes out and Cataclassic, when Cataclassic comes out in six months, then <laughs> you could sell Transmog sets on the auction house. Yeah, there's whole, the whole Transmog market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because people would just... That would just... I guess the whales would buy everything, but in the Transmog, isn't that like, I went and got this and farmed this isn't that part of the fun for them i don't know i haven't i've been collecting transmog it's been fun to collect it like in my bag i'm like oh yeah these swords oh yeah <laughs> like like this is this is one of the few swords that goes on your back and i'm gonna be able to do two of them and have two on my back it's, you know, like it's just like funny stuff like that like so i, feel like, I don't know so like to the actual question here about like you know adding siderials to like the like you know old raids and whatever to make it easier to to you know gear up alts and stuff like that that's i think that's part of that would be interesting because like you can on a fresh 80 you can go back and farm molten core with like you know a couple people and not have any issues and then you're getting sidereal from that that makes it easier to gear up the alt so that's part of the you know the question like that's that's where my mind goes anyway, is like you can still gear up your alt without having to like deal with not being able to get into groups because your gear's awful. You can just go, you know, get a bunch of sidereals from stuff that it is possible for you to just clear very easily. But something that like I've said before and like tons of other people have had the same idea is like, you know, why why didn't they just put sidereals in 10-man old war? Like why why do we have to get them from dungeons? Like the the raid where that gear comes from why doesn't that rate just drop the essence because then you still have a reason to go back and do 10 man like or make it make it for both or whatever you know because like 39 essence for some 38 whatever it is for like the the super expensive stuff like that takes forever like you could if you did a world tour every day for a few days sure but like that's a lot of dungeons that's yeah, like it's still still over you might be able to do is it 13 dungeons for a full tour yeah. yeah. So three full tour days, and you could get a weapon, right? I think, but at the same time, the the whole purpose of it was to make the heroic plus pluses more active, and I think it's done that. But I think the only you know I've talked about maybe give three you know if you clear it fast and clear all the the, the stuff, or you know two if you clear it semi fast, and then one if you just clear it like. But honestly. I think just every item should be 15 sidereal. Like 15 is more than a world a day world tour. Like the items are are priced silly. Like the trinkets, the two the caster trinket and the uh runestone trinket are two of the biggest sought after items in most 10 mans, right? And like they're way cheaper than a sword that most likely is going to the only one person that's going to use it in your raid. Or going to somebody for PvP, right? Like, you know, the two-handed sword. Or it's just it's it's funny that weapons cost so so much when they're the easier ones to get when they drop. So I think everything just should have been 15 and we would have been fine. Like every item. Yeah. I think also it's like it's a question of what Blizzard was trying to achieve, really. Like, did they add the sidereal in to help out players who ran it every lockout and didn't see an item drop so now they have a deterministic way to get the specific piece they're missing or is it in there specifically for 
newer players, fresh 80s to gear up? Like, which, which is it supposed to be? Because, like, I'm having both. trouble. It's, it's like, it's weird, though, because it's like, it, it does, it is for both, but, like, it's not really a great solution for either one because it's too many essences for, fre- like, you think a fresh 80 is going to be able to get into a beta, a beta room dungeon group? Probably not. And then, like, if you've already ran, like, I'll use Mike myself as, as an example. I ran 10-man Ulduar full hard modes every week on the entirety of Phase 2 didn't see the bracers off of XT until the last week of the phase and didn't see the cloak off of Vezix at all. It wasn't until phase three that I saw the cloak off of Vezix. That feels bad. I've only so seen it twice like, I already, too. Like I've, I've already ran it 22 times and didn't see it. Now you're telling me I have to run 19 dungeons or 15 dungeons or whatever it is to, to, like, to get the thing that I've it's... already put in a ton of work to try and get. Like That just still kind of feels bad. Yeah, they're trying to do it to make us super geared people trying for one or two items to make us do the dungeons for a bit to carry along the other people. Cause you know, depending on the time you'll, I mean, I, I take people that are under 4k gear score sometimes like not pretty rarely, but like 4.2, 4.3, I take all the time, you know, and I'm going on 4.3 and or 5.3 and 5.4 geared dudes, you know, but I'm just like, They'll do good enough, whatever, right? Long as I have a healer and a tank that I know works, like we're good. Yeah, but I feel like yeah. it would be super easy, especially with some of us are super geared. Some of us are like over five point five k now, or like approaching it or whatever. And it's like logically, you don't need a full group of you know five point five k geared people to do a beta dungeon. You could totally carry like a three point eight or a four point two or whatever along with you, and like not really I do it daily. Yeah, like you, you can you can do that easily and not be hindered at all. But the majority of players are just going to take the best geared person they can find to make it a fast, easy run. So like the people who need this stuff the most are still aren't getting the groups. Like it was hard for them to get groups already, and they still can't get groups. For me, it's like, like if somebody just sends me, hey, you know mage 4.4 or mage 4.3 since they just sent me took the time to send me a tell to tell me what they had and what their class was instead of just requesting uh invite to join i'm like okay you're in like you know i'm just like so i don't know i I think it works for some people but yeah like i've definitely at times formed friend groups that are just like it's absurd how how fast you go with like a full group of just like old war bissed out characters it's absurd but i think there's a solution for to do what is so it instead of people being able to pick and choose because people are posting their gear scores if there was a system that randomly put the group together so that gear score didn't matter and people didn't get picked and chosen off of that that, that might work i don't know so you're talking about like finding Crazy a idea. group randomly like in- <laughs> yeah that's like crazy something just like that. automatic. <laughs> yeah, we just like form the group for you, and then you can hmm. still summon your group there if you wanted. Yeah, so that's an the, interesting idea. I wonder why they've never done that. The people that need cool. the loot could still get it. It'd be cool if you did a system like that, and if you ran enough of those randomly, you got like a pet or something. That'd be sick. Oh yeah, like a little like puppy or something. Yeah. Or, oh, since it's like a pickup group, it could be a pug. <laughs> <laughs> dude. that's a great idea man I can't believe dude blizzard <laughs> this is this is free this is for you 
It's for you. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we should move on to the next question. Go, you want to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me get the name. Who was it? Uh, Sheep Me slash Ava? Eva? We've got, uh, hey, Bob, Go, and Table, and Mel. Do you guys plan on talking about the effects the WoW token has had on the game? Now, we have had it for a couple weeks and could maybe be commented on. I would find it interesting to see your thoughts on it now. I personally have noticed any, I uh, personally haven't noticed any changes, but I am not involved in the GDKP side of things. Has botting decreased? Have people quit the game over this like many said they would? Have GDKP prices been affected? Has the auction house seen any negative consequences? Or were people simply throwing their toys out of the pram over nothing? And I've seen, I reported a bot two days ago. I was out in wetlands and I saw a level 77 death knight running around and uh, going up to the mining nodes, the herb nodes, and picking them. And it was like it totally obvious it was a script. So like that's that's the only real bot that I've seen. Have you checked dungeons recently? I've tried I mean, to like I know you like to do that sometimes. Yeah. I slash who like Botanica. There's sometimes a couple like pallies or DKs. Uh, I'll do Black Temple, uh, Tempest Keep, a couple other dungeons. There's never usually like a full list or anything like that. Like back when botting was really, really bad, I'd do like slash who uh, Zolferak back in like phase one. And it'd be like a full list of death knights in Zolferak. But like no matter what dungeon I'm looking for for bots now, like I just don't find it. But maybe they're just out in the open world more instead of in dungeons. I don't know. What about you, Table? I, I, don't, I haven't really noticed a huge difference um like gdkps i wasn't really running a whole lot of them until like a few weeks ago and like it didn't really seem like prices it, were affected you? that much You're it's definitely you it's good for making money but like i don't have a lot of gold so it's like if i want something that somebody else wants they're gonna get it because i just i i have like 20k total like <laughs> if that that's how it um, starts but i mean yeah, I started with 60K or so a couple of months ago, and then now I'm sitting at over 200K, and I wasted 45K on a stupid item that I thought was a two-hander that was actually a one-hander. I'm so dumb. But, like, yeah, so, I mean, you eventually get there. Like, like you, you know, so eventually, like, I'm going to be real broke, though, because I'm willing to fucking spend big on Comet's Trail um, for, my, for, for my main. but. Yeah, I that's like gonna break. That's gonna break the bank, and I'll be back to, I'll be back to poor again. Definitely, it makes it easier on the you know back on the topic of like gearing alts and stuff like that. Definitely makes it easier to gear alts when you have a little bit of extra gold to throw around. You know, buy some boes off the auction house and stuff like that. Some old crafted stuff, even some of the new crafted stuff, isn't too ludicrously priced or anything like that. But like, I don't know, like the just going from the stuff the the prices that I saw stuff going for in GDKPs before they added in the token and then like immediately after didn't really seem like it was affected that much because like anybody who was RMTing is still RMTing with the same methods they were doing because like like I like 
20 minutes ago i was in game on an alt and i looked at the token price it's like 4160 on na like 4167 or something like that so like no one's gonna pay 20 dollars for 4.1k when they can spend 20 dollars on a third party site and get like quadruple that amount at least like it, it didn't solve anything as far as i'm concerned the only thing that made it the only the only real thing is that now players can subsidize their gameplay by buying game time with their in-game gold which i have done already at least twice so like <laughs> that's the only thing that i see changing that's the only way that it's affected me in a noticeable way is that now i'm not paying real money for my wow sub anymore somebody else is because they bought the token <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen anything change. Like, I really haven't seen anything. I don't know a single person that quit the game over it. I'm sure there was a small percentage, maybe. But I'm pretty sure most of the people saying they would quit the game have already quit the game, and they're the people that just come back to bitch about the game and don't actually play the game. But, I mean, I'm like, it's changed the fact that I don't pay for subs anymore i'm paid up for eight months on both on both accounts like they'll be through the end of wrath i'm pretty sure so yeah like, people just like I to mean, overreact yeah that, that i think it's bad for the fact that it's down to 4.4k like you know i'm happy that the two that i bought i bought you know day one and sold for both of them for over 11k like so it's just a bummer that, that it's so cheap like you're just you're bleeding subs away like you know and people aren't getting much for that twenty dollars that they spent like it's not a good like i feel like 11 12k for 20 bucks i f i feel like that's fairly fair right like in this uh, in this economy and like but i don't know how they make it go the other direction like and I think probably changing it because the difference in the retail coin and our coin is our coin can only be used to buy game time, whereas the retail coin can be used to turn into Blizzard balance. So you can buy merchandise, you can buy games, you can buy anything you want that's Blizzard balance. So that's what makes it pretty enticing on that side. Whereas for us, it's just like, okay, well, I'm paid up for eight months. Like, I don't need any more tokens. So. If I could use it to buy something from the Blizzard store, I'd do that. I'd get me a, a sweatshirt, a hoodie, something. I'd use my gold to buy that. But I, yeah. I, I just got a message that uh, you can get 12,000 gold from a certain website for 20 bucks. I, I can't leak who, my, uh, who sent that to me because it's definitely not just on my screen over here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 12,000 gold for $20. Code, code Scotty J. <laughs> <laughs> Code i feel like if blizzard actually wanted to like combat rmting and like third-party sites and stuff like that their mistake was making the gold price of the token be based on supply and demand like i've said this before but like if they just manually set the price of the token to whatever the third-party sites are cha charging for 20 dollars worth of gold or whatever if they just put it close enough to that and also cracked down a little bit more on not just the, the bots and the people that sell the gold, but like maybe like start giving out three day suspensions to people that buy the gold. 
pretty soon, as long as those prices are close enough to each other, people will not think that it's worth the risk to buy third party and they'll just buy a token. They and then definitely... that'll fix the prices of stuff if they just manually set it instead of it being based on supply and demand. Because if it's supply and demand, there's no incentive for anybody to buy a token with money right now because the amount you sell it for is so low. <laughs> yeah, well, like they've banned people that have bought gold many times in the past. Like I've known a ton of people that have been like short banned for buying gold. It usually doesn't dissuade them for very long. They just learn to be a little bit smarter in the future. They get a, a second account that's at an email that, you know, they just make a new email, second account. They just get it from there. They plug it into a, a they join a guild on that account, get the gold mailed to it, put it in the G bank. Like, you know, and then like, there's no, there's no real like way to track it, you know, but like, it also makes people quit if you go really harsh. Cause like we had this one guy, it's mage in uh, vanilla classic. And um, they were doing this thing where they were banning gold buyers and then deleting their Epic mounts. So he came back after being sus suspended for buying gold. Cause he worked a ton and just, didn't have time to farm enough gold that it took to like be in our raid to properly do next came back and his epic mounts were gone on both of his characters and he was like okay i'm done i i quit and it's just like damn you know i don't i don't you know i don't say it's okay that he did what he did but i say that like doing those types of punishments to buyers can you know can hurt their actual player base quite a bit some people would say that's good get those people out of here but i don't know so i'll uh, just tell the story a small tangent but kind of related they said that they would take action against people that went back into togc because the lockouts got reset and we had somebody at our previous that was previously in our guild go back in there and do another raid i think but i didn't i don't think he's gotten banned so i wonder if they've banned anybody for going back in and getting an extra lockout but uh the gdkp stuff yeah like our old war gdkp prices stayed about the same but like togc prices are like double old war like right now it's crazy like or well, death's choice went for 125k uh, a couple other pieces went for like 40k plus the trophies are going for like 12k which was like about the price that Tier was going for back in Old War. We did Normal Anub last week, right? And we got yeah. a, a Reign of the Dead dropped on Normal, and that went for like... 41. Yeah, like more than I thought it would for it being a Normal trinket. Mm-hmm. And like our payout was over 20k, and like usually our Old War payout is about 10 on average. So yeah, like double the price for TOGC, and it takes... I mean... It was our first one in a, in this new phase, so it took like three hours, <laughs> but <laughs> still like a good payout. You're uh you're muted, Bob. I don't even know what I I had a twenty seven k payout the last twenty five TOGC I did, and we didn't get a cape. We had two wipes. But um, you still had hard mode a noob, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't even get the tier on the noob. for a lot. Uh, yeah. Let me see what the tier went for. But so everybody talks about bots and gold buying and RMT, but 
Bots were initially the problem, but I think a big amount of the gold that's sold on websites now is from GDKP runners. Like, you know, and I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying from GDKP runners. I'm not saying every one of them do that because I just don't know. But I think a lot of the gold comes from those things and not from bots anymore. So I don't know. I don't know. I've heard it's a, a lot easier to run two accounts and do GDKPs rather than have the overhead of 50 bot accounts, you know, like that could get banned, you know, like it's, yeah, a, lot, I mean, it's that, a lot more work to do that than it is to run a GDKP. That gold does have to come from somewhere though. Like somebody has to farm that gold to get it to. The well, GDKP yeah, but we farmed stuff. it all into the economy now over the last, you know, three expansions. And now the gold just keeps getting, you know, that like that's why, you know, GDKP runners take a cut, right? And like just the same gold being circulated. Yeah. And I know people like Pummel use it to like sometimes bring their mains into G GDKPs and then just all that extra dough that they've collected. He just like, you know, if Pummel's coming on his main to any of your runs, you ain't going to beat him in a bid, right? Like yeah. all like all of that gold is to make sure that his mains like keep pumping, right? So, but like other people are probably collecting that extra and that's what they sell, you know? I've heard about some stuff of like people paying real money for a spot in a GDKP and then like one person will just like vastly overpay for a bunch of stuff so that like they're, it's basically they're like, it's a built-in laundering where like they're actually, they're trying to buy gold, but they get brought into this GDKP where there's one person who is like the seller like the gold seller who is massively overpaying for a bunch of stuff so that everybody who paid for a spot eventually ends up getting like their cut ends up being the amount that they paid for for their spot worth of gold oh. well and also people will just like if you know if they know the runner they'll be like hey i'm sending you a hundred dollars Venmo." they tell them okay that's this much gold credit and then they just trade them the item and mark down the you know mark off the 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 credit that just went and then there's no gold changing hands yeah which like, is even sketchier <laughs> yeah you don't even see it happen i think yeah. that's probably honestly that's the one thing the one change that i have noticed about adding the token is that now people have an actual official direct way to like say how much something went for like if somebody pays you know 4k for something like, oh that's a 20 dollar item you know, according to the token, uh, to, to the token price, somebody pays, you know, 20K for something like, well, that person just paid, it was, that's $80 worth of gold, worth of Blizzard gold. Like, yeah, what, what, what would my 45K ups have been? It would have been, what, 90 bucks or no, 40, 40 bucks, something like that. Oh, no, more than that. 45 divided by five would be nine, nine times 20 would be, that would be 180 bucks. Yeah. That was a hundred and eighty dollar whoops or a nine months sub whoops, you know, like look at it oh, in both, right, right, both right. Okay. But I just guess I still don't look at it like that. Um I did initially, but now I just I'm like, whatever. It's too like, much math. Like it was funny, it was like a meme for like the first couple of weeks, but now it's too much math. Nobody cares. <laughs> Have either of you used the auction house since the token came out? Because I usually farm my own stuff, so I don't really know. If it's affected the age at all. I mean, I don't since 
consumers have been so cheap for the longest time. Like, it's just a drop in the bucket. Like, even, like, doing things like, like, I worked up engineering from zero to max because I was just, I couldn't handle it anymore on my second rogue. Like, I thought Sprint would be enough, but it's just not. And uh, so, like, and the bank and everything else. So I worked it up, and it only took, I think, a total of 6K. So one WoW token, <laughs> or one and a half WoW tokens. But, like, it, it was, everything's pretty cheap, so I just don't even notice it. Like, sappers or, you know, a buck, a buck 38, you know, like... Like like flasks or like seven to nine gold, depending on the day, it kind of fluctuates. Gems, gems have kind of steadied out, like like anywhere from one hundred and twenty to three hundred and twenty gold, depending on the the cut. I was but, surprised by that because yeah, I was looking at like a twenty hit gem, and it was like two hundred and fifty gold. I was like, wait, what? Like I thought they were going to be super cheap, but yeah, probably not. I th- I th- okay, I thought so it? too, but. Yeah, I thought Turns out, for sure under 100 gold each. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought just because everybody had so many gems they could get. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're tearing through gear, you know? And, like, everybody that's lower gear even wants to put those gems in the the lower gear. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't say that I've seen any changes. Because Same thing happened it. in TBC, though. Like, even without the token, like, the beginning of a phase, gems always go up in price. And then once, you know, you get halfway through the phase prices go down a little bit again when epic gems came out with uh with hygel and and bt and whatever when when those were added to the game you know those kind of stayed the price that the blue quality gems were before and then the blue quality gems dropped in price and then the green quality gems were like worthless (laughs) do the blue the green gems still sell for more than you sell them for from the for for a good amount more than you sell them for for the from the vendor i think it's just because you use them in different things but there's a few things you can do with it like there's like the jc dailies use them um the uh frozen orb prices have not dropped if anything they've gone up because you can get epic gems out of the icy prism that you can make from jewel crafting so frozen orb prices are going to stay pretty high because people That's, aren't going to go down because eventually they will yeah well, like, just because, can... like, you don't... I've done a bunch of them. I've yet to get an epic gem out of it. So. I got an epic... The first time I did one in Phase 3, and I haven't gotten one since, but, like, I still do it every day. Um, And then, like, you can still do, like, Serenite Shuffle stuff. You know, you buy the green quality gems, combine them with, like, Eternal Earths or whatever, and make, like, the, the jewelry stuff. You can either vendor it or DE it, sell the DE mats, like, that sort of thing. So, like, you can still kind of quantify how much those should be worth based on the things you can make out of it and whatever so like those prices i see as like remaining pretty stable because you're going to be able to get the same amount of gold from vendoring a necklace or a ring that you make with those green gems for the whole expansion so like those prices i would expect to say relatively consistent it's the blue quality gems and the epic gems that'll fluctuate i'm wondering about fish because I I don't really fly around too often anymore, but I don't know of anybody that's actually going out and fishing. But we're still using multiple fish feast every single raid. Like, are there fishing bots maybe that are like running the fishing market? No, well, I mean, if everybody's doing their fishing daily, right? Like, I haven't done that in long time. <laughs> but uh, you you get a ton of those. You get a ton of the mats for it though, mm-hmm. and then you can also trade in those tokens for a ton of the mats too like 
It oh, was like probably just. I mean, I know Kim Jong Un has thousands, like hundreds of stacks, like in mailboxes and different G banks across his different accounts. Like, like he's like he's just got them for the rest of the expansion. Yeah, I the think people are just daily saying, that I've done where I got mats for feast was when it's the wintergrass one to get the terror fish. Oh, yeah. You get the fish open water in wintergrass, but you can get sculpin and nettlefish and salmon from wintergrass. Whereas if you go anywhere else, like it's slightly different fish depending on where you fish for the stuff. So like, yeah. I don't know, like fishing bot could be a thing, I guess. But like, I don't know. It's 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 obviously it has to all come from somewhere, and I don't normally see people in there fishing. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I haven't been around to see if people are fishing. The only place that I, whenever I go to fish anything and I see other people there, it's when I go to that lake in Dragonblight to get my dragon fin. There's always like a couple people circling around trying to get the pools to the point where like I just fish open water on the lake and I end up with a bunch of snappers too. So like that's the hit food one. So like, I don't know. It, it depends on what you're trying to do and where you are. But like, I would assume that probably people are just fishing open water for a specific fish and then just saving everything else that they get and making feasts out of it and putting it on the auction house or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to fly around sometime now and just see if people are fishing places. <laughs> I'm just yeah, glad I, I use armor pen food now. I can, I've, I've gone back and forth between using agility, strength, and armor pen food for, like, the whole expansion. Agility and strength food use the same fish, so it's whatever, but, like, armor pen food, I went to Borean Tundra for, like, 20 minutes and just killed uh, rhinos for, like, I don't know, you know 15 20 minutes and got like three stacks of rhino meat it was it was great <laughs> rhino killer yeah dd was not happy yeah see that's that's one of the things when you just get enough gold you're like like i like i'm even so horrible that i i have enough gems and everything to cut my own gems on the different accounts but i just buy them and then i just sell all the gems i cut like on my other guy like, and I'm just like, well, the gold's, like, it's coming back to me. Like, I'm just not spending the time now to run, go to my other account, worry about trading it back over. Like, I'm just going to the auction house, grabbing the stuff, gemming my new gear. And I, I can do all the enchants, too, on uh, on my on my second rogue. But instead of making that and sending the scroll over, I just buy the enchant, and then I just make enchants and sell them on the auction house when I have a whole bunch of mats like saved up like i just send my gems to table and table mails them back so it's like i'm in no rush i send him like 10 gems at a time i'm like yo man can you get me like 10 23 spell power gems and then a couple hours later bada bing bada boom <laughs> i'm good to go i do that for other people too i just when i get a new piece of gear after raid you'll you'll see like i never feel comfortable until i've gemmed it <laughs> slotted it put it in my Put it in my item rack for that set and then marked it off of my spreadsheet. Because if I don't do that, then I, then I get on, you know, I do three weeks of raids and realize, oh, I never put a gem in my gun. Whoops. <laughs> I forgot to get my meta gem active until I was testing something right before we went live. And I was Dude. like, what? Like, why am I not getting the 3% crit bonus? <laughs> Dude, my freaking warrior was in shambles, dude. So, <laughs> like, recently I got just a ton of different gear for my Fury set. And for some reason, I check this on my Rogue every time I swap out gear. 
but I had for some reason on my warrior only checked hit and forgot to look at expertise. I was down to seven expertise out of the 26 you're supposed to have. I was like, <laughs> well, this isn't good. And then oh, as I'm fixing short. the expertise, I realized my metagem's not active. And I'm like, when did I trade out my tier? Because I just used one uh, one of the, uh, night, the, the nightmare tiers to activate that, that gem, mm-hmm. the 3% crit. And I was just like, I switched that out at some point. I don't even know what, when I switched, my, I, it could have been not active for four weeks. And I wouldn't even know. I was like, I felt like I was getting better and I got this new sword and I'm just not doing damage. And I'm like, what the hell? It's because they're dodging parent, or they're dodging everything from behind. And I'm freaking, uh, and I'm also not having my meta. It was just, I, he, was in, he was in a bad shape. <laughs> yeah, so if you've gotten gear recently in the past week or two, check your meta socket, make sure it's active. Check your meta. Make sure you check your soft caps, your hard caps. Like, <laughs> so dumb, so dumb. Well, those uh, those sim, the simming sites are nice because you could just build the set. Like, if you get an upgrade and you want to figure out which gem you should put in which piece or whatever, like you can select all the stuff to give you give yourself the different raid buffs and whatever that you would normally have in a raid. And then you can fit everything around that instead of having to like sit there in game with like a calculator, like trying to figure out like, okay, if I have this much more crit rating, like no, no math involved. The sim does it all for you. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Well, and we used add on of the week last week was wow. Sims exporter. And that's the one that just, you get the, you get the export, you copy paste it over to the GitHub site. I, I found out you could do it with 80 up upgrades also. Okay. Yeah, I do 80 upgrades. It's so nice. But I, I um, of course, I use that, that add-on that you mentioned too. I've got that one downloaded in the game right now. For Yeah. You yeah, actually use one. it? Really? Good, yeah. Yeah. What was it called again? Yeah, go <laughs> wow, famous enjoy your add-ons. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. I've got it's that. It's just nice because it, uh, it, uh, <laughs> Um, it's sorry. There's com- there's some commotion going on. Um, it's good because you just export it, and it puts all your gear, enchants, gems, talents, everything, glyphs right in there. All you have to do is make sure you set the fight uh, perimeters, like how long the fight is, duration, you know, things of that nature. What raid buffs you have, all of that stuff. But most of that stuff's pretty standard. But it's just nice because then. You could easily do it and then just switch out one item. Yep. Instead of having um, to manually go in and build the set from scratch. Yeah, and put in the gems and put in the in, the enchants. Like, that stuff can take a long time. Like, I, I don't see how people mess with it if they don't have the exporter. Like, it's just crazy to me. But we've kind of gotten off the topic. I think, uh, yeah. Us I think nah. our, our I was general... going to derail it further there. <laughs> So we got onto have, the sim. Oh, do you have something else you wanted to talk about with that? This you just got to be really cautious of the eye level of the gear that you're putting into the sim because right now there's like three pieces of loot that has the same name but different eye level. So like you might see like different stats in game and on the sim, and it could just be because you put like a normal mode piece instead of a heroic mode piece or something. Yeah, so like the wrong tier 
eye level piece. You put the two three two instead of the two four five or something. So yeah, and you got to be careful. True. And then there's the horde and alliance, different names. Oh my yeah. gosh, freaking nightmare for the bisless people. Mm-hmm. It's easier to go by the icon too because they're they're different icons. So even if they have like the same name, they're different icons. Who's looking at the icons table? Me, dude. I'm a I'm huge into the aesthetics, bro. I mean, the horde icons are better than the alliance icons. I'm just saying. Oh, the alliance! <laughs> <laughs> now that I think of that, though, my shirt kind of looks like the alliance icons of the gear. So. <laughs> we're all we're all about Ali here. Um. Yeah. So yeah, to end the thing, I just yeah, I don't, I haven't seen any changes from the WoW token. To be honest, I can't think of any. If you guys have any, send them in, email them in, put a comment in the YouTube, send us a voicemail. Yeah, let us let us know. What have you guys been do, doing in WoW lately? What you been doing? You want to go first, table? Uh, sure. Um, of course, as we all know, the hardcore PTR went live. So I made a couple characters. Um, I have a Druid at 10, chilling at Dolinar right now. And I made a Caves-only character, of course. You know, I had to do that. So Only Caves is now level 11. Um, I haven't played in like a few days, but... Uh, died at level 1, getting into the initial cave in Coldridge Valley. That's the <laughs> dangerous part, is fighting level 3 and 4 mobs at level 1. But, you know, once you get past that, it's pretty smooth sailing until you get to the, uh, like, 14-ish range so that's that's been fun what's what's the highest you've gotten in a caves only character uh 14 i made it all the way through skull rock as a dwarf i ran there ran and swam i took the tram to Stormwind, ran through westfall swam to booty bay uh and took the boat to ratchet and then ran to duratar grinded from 12 to 14 through skull rock and then went back to lock madan and almost immediately died in the kobold mine <laughs> oh, no. dude that is a dangerous <laughs> mine dude it's dangerous. <laughs> I was testing an evade spot, and I had two mobs on me instead of one. Like, normally when I try and test an evade spot, I only pull one mob and then jump to the spot, see if it works. But I had two on me, and I was, like, so confident that the spot was going to work that I jumped into it, but one of the mobs was too close and was still hitting me, and I was like, okay, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and I died. Uh, so, yeah, 14 is the highest I've been, but every time, every time something bad happens, uh, I learn from it, at least. Um, but it's it's been fun. It's fun to do it on like an actual like official permadeath server where like you know for sure that if you make a mistake, that's that's it. And I've been through uh, two disconnects because there was a bug where if you got hit with a like any sort of effect that lo- caused you to lose control of your character, whether it was a stun or even like a root. Um, CC'd in the air, yep. <laughs> yep, or like even like a daze or whatever, and you were in the air because you were you jumped or whatever it would DC you. And a lot of people died because of that. Um, I was fortunate on this, in the current only caves that I'm doing, that I got DC'd, immediately logged back in, and I was fine. Um, I got layered a couple times and was fine. But, like, it's it's definitely, it brings a different level of, uh, of like, danger when, you, when it's not just, like, the add-on. Like, if you get DC'd with the add-on on, like, Blood Sail, if it's a DC... You know, they say like, okay, that's not under your control. You can keep going. But on the official server, if you DC and die because of it, go again. Like that's it. Like, so there's there's something kind of refreshing about that almost, where it's like if you die, if no matter 
what caused you to die, whether or not it was your fault, or whether it was a server thing, whether it was a grief, like whatever it was, if you die, you're dead. That's like, that's, that's hardcore. I kind of like that too. Cause like, I don't know, like when I was working up, we had the soul of iron when I did my two characters. And if I lost the soul of iron buff because of a, a death that was appealed, I, I would have just started over. Like I wouldn't yeah. have done an appeal death. Like I don't like I don't know. Maybe if it was like a crazy griefer or something, but even if it was somebody pulling like it was a grief that I couldn't control, because somebody pulling terror like uh like <laughs> the big dragon into Stormwind, like I mean, if you're if you're doing everything you can do to have the best success that you can, you have unit scan and he's on there. You know the second he gets, like, anywhere close to you in your zone, and that's time to take the fuck off. Like, yeah, you have to, like, watching for that type of stuff is part of the fun, too, you know? So, like, so, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I guess, like, if you're in Lock Modan and someone pulls down, like, one of the things from, what was it? Where, where would they pull stuff down for Lock Modan? They'd pull them down from, like, wetlands or something? There's like some dragons in the Badlands that you can. Yeah, they pull up stuff from the Badlands, but like that, you're probably not gonna have unit scan on. That could be kind of sketchy, but you still should have eyes in the back of your head when you're playing hardcore. And if something sketchy's going on, like when Go and I were going, those two guys were trying to pull mobs into you and then feign death or or vanish, and we just kept a good eye on him, right? Like, you know, it was just it it added a little more to it. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I I I do like just the you're you're just dead. But then, because of that, they do need to work through a lot of different stuff, and it's good that they're you know finding things, and that there's people like you willing to test the PTR servers. Yeah, it's been fun. I think like I was my goal was to try and get to, I think the cap right now is thirty. I wanted to get to thirty on a caves only before they shut down the PTR. Um. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen because it's it's the way that I'm doing it. I'm using all the same restrictions that I use on blood sale and it just takes forever because I'm I'm grinding only like I'm not doing quests. So like to grind from one to 30 is like no matter where you're doing it, whether or not it's in a cave or just anywhere, grinding from one to 30 takes forever. So I don't I don't Unless know if it's I, AOE. Right. Which I, I'm playing as a rogue for that. So it's, you know, not something that I'll have access to until I get blade flurry. <laughs> and even then it's only two things, you know, every two minutes. <laughs> yep. But other than yep. that, like I, I started, uh, I, I have two ferals on wrath, uh, the main, and then I have an alt. The alts gear is like pretty good now. Cause we've done some, um, some TOGC and stuff like that. Like he's at like 50, 5,200 gear score, which is nice. just got a runestone with sidereals like the other day. So like, he's like actually like a legit, character now which is kind of weird to think about like me and go were talking about that the other day about how like when your alt becomes not your shitty geared alt anymore and it's just another character you have it's kind of wild to like you know oh wow okay this is just another character i have um yep. so, one of my rogues is 5.4 and one's 5.2 yeah it's kind of it's wild yeah um so i've started to kind of turn my focus towards uh my other 80 that i have which is a death knight so i have uh he's frost right now 
and he's got a blood tank spec as his second spec. And I've been thinking about whether or not I want to switch from Frost to Unholy for the DPS spec, because just the level of complexity that Unholy has appeals to me as a Feral player. So I'm thinking about doing that, but his gear is still pretty bad, so it's another fun challenge. Like, anytime you gear up a fresh alt, or, you know, not even just a fresh alt, just gearing up alts in general is like a separate little adventure, and uh, it's it's been pretty fun. Awesome, awesome. Go. What you been doing? I also hopped on the hardcore PTR, but I only made one tune, and it's only level 17 or 18. It's a druid, of course, horde, and I might try to go into RFC and solo RFC, see how much I can get done. I, I got to figure out what like the the maximum level is, if it's like 18 or 20 or whatever it is, and I'll get to that and then go in there and try to solo it. But eh, I don't know. It's the PTR, so I'm not too worried about it. I, I tried to do my part and be there on like as close to launch day as I could because I know they were trying to like test server stability and everything. So, but now it's just like, eh, like everybody's already done these quests that I'm going to get to. So I'm not in any hurry to level that tune. And then on Wrath, we did three 10 mans that I was involved in on Tuesday because I've got three boomies on man Creek. So <laughs> it was all like back to back, like as a guild, we did five in a row, like our normal run. Uh, we didn't have enough people cause it was the 4th of July. So like we just did a bunch of 10 mans and I was in like the first, second, missed the third. And then I ran in the fourth and two of the three were 50, 50 runs. Or maybe all three of them were. I think all three of mine were. And like four out of the five guild runs were 50-50. So like we've got 10 man down. And then 25 man, we got the dreaded 49 out of 50 last night. We had the one a noob wipe, I think it was. Uh, uh, and it was just like, man, <laughs> uh, penetrating cold deaths, man, they get you every time. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be a lot easier once, once healers are like they have their you know they're synced up with their add-ons one of the biggest problems i've seen with that is healers having different uh cold add-ons and mm -hmm. different weak auras that don't communicate properly with each other so like gdkps have been in they'd be like listen healers now delete anything you have and download this one right here that I'm leaking in chat. Like, they're doing that before each poll. And even my main raid did that before. Like, we started last night. Or, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we pushed our main raid also because of 4th of July. But, yeah, <sighs> I've, I've been loving it. Like, I love doing the 10 mans. I still love going back to Old War, except for doing achievements. Um, but uh, <laughs> I started uh, an EU tune. So I'm level 72 on Mograine over on EU in uh, Scotty J's guild. Okay. And it's nice because it gives me something to do while I'm at work. Because, like, doing dungeons is kind of sketchy. Definitely can't, like, raid while I'm working for the most part. But, uh, yeah, level, leveling a new tune, I can, I can do that. So. You still on your whole thing about uh, um, guilds not being able to take out... Uh, uh, a noob fast because remember you were big odd you thought it was going to be a noob was going to be a huge blocker but i think you were i think you might need to 
retract that statement now? I I don't know. I don't think I I do. Like I think for our guild personally, we've done a lot better and we've run it a lot smoother than what I thought we would. We got 50-50 week two this week. I don't know why. Like I joined the raid, like I joined Discord usually like five minutes before we pull. And I guess they were discussing like doing a speed run. And then like we get in there and they're like rushing after every boss fight to get the second RP going for the next fight. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like we're going for 50-50, right? Like why are we rushing for speed? Like <laughs> So like... Especially rushing- as something that's so fast. Yeah, rushing for speed, like, I think ended up being our downfall. Like, we had a kind of scuffed fight for every single of the five fights. Like, Beast, we almost wiped on Beast because we were, like, rushing, trying to get the pool started, trying to go. And it's just like, whoa, what, like, why? We need to just slow it down. And if we want 50 50, take it easy. Like, make sure all the assignments are out and correct before the pool. Soul Stones are out. People know who's bopping. Penetrating cold targets, the healers know who they're healing, who's soakers, what area are they? Like, there's so many things that, like, just need to get nailed into people after a couple of weeks. And then, yeah, if you want to try to do speed two, three, four, five weeks down the line from now, sure. But I don't I know. I thought we were going for 50 50. You're changing the subject, though, here. You said a lot of guilds okay. are going to struggle, right. but I just, posted the, uh, I just posted the numbers, though. The number. Oh, I don't even know how to look at that. What What are the numbers? What's the clear so, rate? So basically right now, uh, let me do the quick math. So that would be 2,500, 20, B, 3K. So 4,482 guilds have beat hard, hard, uh, heroic un- Anub and, uh, and, dang it, I just lost my, and 3,000 guilds roughly have not beaten a noob. Um, so, yeah, we're already over the 50% mark by quite a bit, whereas at this time in Olduar, that was, like, basically, that was basically, like, only, like, 10% of guilds had went 53 or 54 out of uh, 54. So... Yeah, so, but it's for the same reason I told you it was. There's only one hard boss to progress, so therefore, like, it's going to be faster than Olduar, even though that's a very hard boss. It's mm-hmm. still just one instead of a ton of really I hard. I don't know if I specified that it was, like, clearing all hard modes. I think I was saying, like, the length of the raid time, too. I said, like, it's going to still take raids, like, three hours, their full raid night, to do the raid, which I don't think you can look at the the clear time. Like, how long did it take those 4,000 guilds to do it? Are they all 30-minute runs? Are some of them four-hour run? Like, how many... What's the percentage of those that took three to four hours to full clear on hard mode? Were, how many of those are 45 out of 50 runs? How many are 25 out of 50 runs? Be so, interesting yeah, to see. yeah for progression, like, I totally agree. Like, Progression a lot easier than old war, but what you mean to say is, is Bob was right and I was wrong. Is what you, mean to say. <laughs> you misinterpreted me. That's what it was. <laughs> I feel like to kind of piggyback a little bit. Like I feel like just saying five out of five. I feel like that doesn't go far enough to look for like progression rankings. 
like just to say that you kill the last boss like when there is an extra criteria above just killing the last boss when you have the you know the attempts remaining sort of thing like i don't know if there's a way for warcraft logs to even see if there was uh, i mean you could pull up any log and you can see whether or not they wiped but there it should be easy enough for warcraft logs to be able to figure out through like context clues whether a guild killed a noob and it was a 50 out of 50 or if it was a 49 out of 50 just by looking at the log that was uploaded and seeing if there are any wipes so i feel like i don't i don't think that just having you know one out of five through five out of five i don't think that that's enough for warcraft logs to have on the progress rankings i feel like they should have a separate category for like you know get five out of five that's like one plateau and then like you know get the the 25 chest get the 45 chest and get the 50 chest like those should be the levels that they show so it should be really like you know uh like seven or eight categories instead of just one through five out of five it should be you know those plus you know similar to similar to the point system from old war kind of yeah like mm -hmm. they, they yeah. i feel like there should be something so you get like added that more also. points yeah it, it could just be points added based on wipes like you know it's a point each it's an extra point every time you go down so 50 is the full amount of points i don't know how many total points it would be but then whatever the next one down is what is it is it 45 is the next one that would just yeah yeah that would that would uh that would subtract another point so i think all in all it'd be a total of like four or five points so then you'd have a point system that lets you know okay we got 10 out of 10 that's a full 50 run a noob right with yeah. no wipes and then you could even take it a step further and like because there's another achievement for togc the tribute tribute to immortality to get 50 attempts remaining with no deaths like that could be another one on top of that even because like you could get 50 chests that's fine but like you know you can you can still get a 50 chest if people are dying on fights you can kind of scrape by and, and kill the bosses and whatever even if you have a few people dead but to do it the whole way through 50 attempts remaining with no deaths is a separate level of like coordination and like execution that you have to have to be able to do that. So if they had any even another one on top of that for, for immortality, to I think that that would be cool too. Cause then it's like to to not die, you have to play a little differently. If you're trying to do like you we saw the same thing in like Nax with the mortal runs, where like people were like running slightly different talent setups they might normally run, different glyph setups, whatever, so maybe even slightly different different flasks. Yeah, exactly. People were running resist flasks on certain fights and then health flasks on certain fights. DPS, you know, like even. So I think so. it'd be it'd be interesting to have a separate parse category for immortal runs uh as well. Because if you're changing things up and you're like sacrificing personal DPS to be able to to guarantee that you're you're gonna survive, obviously you're gonna parse lower, you're gonna have slightly lower parses, but if you can compare yourself in that situation to other players of your spec who are also in that same situation, that's a little bit more of a fair comparison. And it might even like uh, encourage people to try and like push it a little bit instead I, of being, you know, five out of five. That's a good point. I always wished there, there was like, you could see parses for an, for an undying run in Nax and only the undying parses. Also, like I've been really wanting this for a long time. It's like, say, Say, uh, like, you're a rogue set on Expose, right? I want a separate parse category for rogues that ex Expose. You could do it easy. Just, like, you need to have 98% uh, 
up uptime on the boss with expose up and you get put into the expose category where you get to see how you're standing up to the other rogues that are in the unfortunate situation where they have to ex expose every week right like yeah that's something i've wanted forever and same with anything anything that sacrifices your own personal dps for the good of the the raid like i think that should be in a different category but it's i mean it's a ton of different stuff so i get why they're they're like bro yeah we do have that. to do one for like there's a few you have to do it for too like like elemental shamans if they have to drop tone of a wrath because you don't have uh like a paladin with heart of the crusader or an assassination rogue with master poisoner then the elemental shaman has to drop tone of wrath but and isn't that only doesn't that only really happen in 10 mans and stuff 10 mans much, like yeah 10-man parsing, I don't think, really matters. Like, some some people might be really into it, but I, like, I do so many things on 10-man, like, that are just, like, like, you know, like, if I'm running with a group struggling on Freya hard, hard mode, I'm, you know, we don't have a hunter, then I'll use Crippling Poison and Wound Poison, which just, yeah. which just like, drops my DPS by, like, 30%, you know, like, so, but like it's needed there but it i'm I'm saying stuff you have to do in raids like 25 man raids somebody has to do armor armor pen yeah you know but like something like a hunter with aim shot it should be in their rotation anyway like so i don't really see that as like a different category but if you have a single uh, warrior and he's doing all of the sunders like it should be a different you know category for sure you know and like, I'm sure there's other cases I just can't think of at the moment, but... Or, like, there's... So there's Blizzard... Or not Blizzard. Warcraft Logs has done something along these lines already with how they've separated out damage contribution from Tricks of the Trade um, and stuff like that. They they separate it so it's not attributed to the player that received the buff, but it's also not attributed to the player who cast the buff. What if instead... It's they given just, to an NPC. Right. So what if instead they just attribute the extra damage that the raid as a whole did because of that debuff, uh, the debuff that was applied? What if they just attribute that to the player who cast it? And then you can see, okay, they're doing this. That's helping the raid do extra damage. Here's the extra damage the raid did because of this attributed to the player who did the debuff. Well, in tricks that you'd be incentivized to tricks the best DPS that you had in your raid. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah and like it, yeah it, like and the tank is really like there's a lot of things where like you should be like if you're doing general physics and you're a rogue like your dps don't freaking matter bro except in the last phase like in the last part when you kill the animus like you should be tricksing that poor tank on cooldown like you shouldn't be tricksing somebody for extra damage so that you can wait an extra 30 seconds at the, you know, once he gets to 5%, you know, like there's certain times when you should just be tricksing the hell out of your tanks and people don't. Maybe tricks is the wrong <laughs> example. Yeah, tricks, tricks, uh, yeah, tricks might be just a bad example for it. But I mean, like there's other, other games that have a similar thing, like Final Fantasy 14, for example, they have a log site as well, FF logs. And they do yeah, basically by the same people. Yeah. And they do basically exactly what I said is like they like any debuff that you bring to the raid as whatever job you're playing, 
the amount of damage that the raid did because of that there's a separate parse category for that there's like the raw damage that you did that everybody did is raw damage and then there's a separate damage category for uh damage contribution based on your debuffs and stuff like that as well so like you can there's several different categories that you can look at based on what you're counting towards each player that's yeah that that that's that system is why they decided to pull out tricks and stuff is because they do both of those so they used that idea and brought it over here and i think it's been good like i think the main problem is that there are so many different sources of all the debuffs that like you know you got expose and you got sunder you got uh earth and moon and the one that dk's bring you got master poisoner heart of the crusader tome of wrath you got rampage and the leader of the pack like there's so many different sources of all of these like it how do you decide what is the fair thing to do as as with regard to like who gets attributed to that thing because if you have two assassination rogues it's just whoever whoever gets well, poisons on the boss first gets the master poisoner debuff oh i didn't know that is that true yeah because it's it's applied when the target is poisoned so like if one of the assassination rogues gets a poison up first it's their master poisoner debuff so if they were doing the thing where they're you know attributing the extra damage to, based on each debuff that was for each person what if you have duplicates of people like how do you divvy up that damage it's a one person it's like it's like the ignite thing in vanilla where like one mage the first mage who got a crit that got the ignite <laughs> up and all the other mages fed it and that mage was See, pumping but, <laughs> but anything that's like fed in like that like through normal rotations i think should just be should just be but do you hear that assass assassination rogues you best uh get that first hit um yeah. <laughs> but like anything like expose or sunder could be something you could totally do like it's just like do you have uptime on it you know like but i guess if you had multiple rogues it would just be dumb for them to be trading off x like multiple combat rogues uh it'd be dumb for them to be trading off expose armor because they just screw their they just screw the both them, themselves like one person would just be like talk to the other rogue and be like yo bro i got x i got i got exposed you know like when i do a g dkp i talk to the warriors right at the start if there's one warrior i'd like okay dude i'm i'm on exposed and then if there's two i'm like hey you got two warriors you guys mind doing sunders you know like because you know so like you're usually going to figure that out prior but you just have to have uptime and then for warriors it'd be whichever warrior is going decides that he's okay with refreshing the five sunders and then he would get put into that parse category as long as he refreshed it 98 percent of the fight right i don't know yeah oh, the more i don't know what other complicated ones sounds do. and it makes me understand why they haven't done it yet <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's definitely complicated but yeah, that that was a tangent. So what have I been doing? Um, I finished the long, strange trip. I don't know if I talked about that last week. I don't think I did. But I got my purple, violet proto Drake. Um, and yeah, I'll never do that again. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was a long, strange trip. It was fun. It was, it was fun to just see it all because I'd never done any of those holiday things throughout the original release. So I got that done um nice little bucket list thing yeah yeah just just because i never did it you know why not it was something that that i think mel found fun in different situations too and so 
did that. Um, just been raiding a ton. Um, still like. It's so I'm, I'm sure your your weekend guild probably is five out of five, right? Because it's it's so easy, and you guys must have done it sub one hour, right? Um, did we? Did we? No, do... no, you didn't. Nope, nope. You did normal a noob. I have it right here. Did we do? Did we do normal? <laughs> he has the receipt. I couldn't, I couldn't remember because my GDKP. I did like all four of those raids. I did my weekend raid. Then the GDKP right after the GDKP, we had two wipes. This was the GDKP then. Oh no, no, no. And we killed we killed hard a noob, but we didn't get the cape. But then the weekend raid, I think the weekend raid wasn't full. See that that's what I was thinking though. Like the your weekend raid type, like our GDKP type, like that type of raid environment where it's gonna it's gonna be harder. We flew through longer. Yeah, we flew through and then didn't get hard mode a noob but like at the mm -hmm. same time we haven't really stressed pushing any harder than one night a week so far like we've only done saturday and we want to get voa and ani done too so we mm -hmm. end up trying a few times and then we're like okay we'll switch it to normal and go do the other but like because we've had such roster problems we're like well pff, ain't trying to get together tomorrow for it again you know like <laughs> yeah so and that raid also, you know, is has how long was Olduar? Oh, like weeks wise, like what, 22, 23 weeks? Something, Something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So that raid has 18 weeks less um Algalod loot than the week the weekday raid. So mm -hmm. the difference in DPS there, you know, we can't even know if it's skill or not. We just know that there's a way different eye level difference between that raid and the weekday raid. Right. Oh, so, yeah. so yeah, so that that's, yeah. So on that raid, we're, we're still, we're still trying for a noob. I'm hoping tomorrow night we can get the hard mode, a noob down. I'm hoping we have a full roster. Um, if Ko would just quit doing his stupid GDKPs, he could come <laughs> to that raid normally and we would be so much stronger, but he's too cool for us. Um, what, what night was it? Saturday nights. Saturday night. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I might be done with the GDKP, so I mm, I'm available tomorrow night. Let's just say that. Okay. I'll let I'll let Harskar know. Okay. Out of curiosity, Bob, this is like a tiny, tiny tangent. Who who's main tanking a noob in your main raid and in the second raid? Same guy, different dudes. Yep. What yep, uh Stewart what class? Paladin on both of them. Both but... of them, okay. One paladin's like 54, like 5.4k gear score. The other paladin, we've been getting him beefed up, but remember, I was the main tank until just a few weeks before the end of Olduar, and I asked to be moved to off tank slash DPS because I felt like just like warrior tanking is something that healers have to like completely change the way they think about healing. It's a completely different way, and I felt like I was griefing the raid staying the main tank so his character and mel was the off tank for the longest time and he was ret and just collecting the third scraps of taking gear right so he was really low like 4800 when we went into toc but he's gotten a whole bunch of upgrades now so i think he's like five i think he's over 5k but i don't think he's even 5.1k yet so um so it's a very big difference in that. And then I'm off tanking 
adds uh, and a uh, and a DK is off taking ads in the the weekend raid and then in the weekday raid same DK diff like same person different higher gear score DK is taking the ads and then another paladin's taking the ads and then Yip's main taking so no bears huh no bears no bears damn dude what a shame yeah, we did we did uh yeah no bears but um yeah so like also like just having the the nature res has been a huge difference um in how a lot of guilds have went like a lot of guilds thought be able to power through it and really didn't mess with the head enchant the lesser flask of resistance and the cape enchant but um, guilds are starting to be proved through logs now that dude you're effectively doing a ton of dps by not healing a ton like so yep. like yeah so <laughs> yeah there's been a lot of changes but in my main raid uh last night um we 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 wiped on freaking uh on freaking uh faction champs our second rogue was late right and like we started to go to infection champs i was like i don't know guys um without two rogues and all the different poisons i don't know that our burn strat because we do the, the the aoe burn strat so warlocks multi-dot uh rogues fan of knives spreading poisons everywhere and dk's uh pestilence or whatever it's called right and diseases and everywhere yeah anybody else just single targets the one single target but we're basically doing a lot of aoe that's not classified as aoe so um so but i was like i don't know that this works without an extra rogue but then it wasn't even really the extra rogue that i think was the problem i didn't have tremor totem so the first two wipes i was just running all over the place like and finally, yeah, finally they gave me Tremor Totem, and it worked a lot better. And we did it without the other rogue, but then uh, we went through, and then I don't think we wiped on anything else going into a noob. And then a noob, we had to wait for the rogue to get home. So we took a big old loot break. It was about a 15, 20-minute break. Everybody went and enchanted new gear they had, gemmed it and stuff. Then the rogue got there. We one shot a noob and I was like, God damn it. We could have just had our cloak. Like <laughs> if we'd just been a little carefuler on the first on the first fights. I think the first fights are really gonna screw over a lot of people on cloaks because of what Go talked about. Just trying to go too fast when there's no need to go go fast in this raid. Like mm -hmm. give everybody a breather between every pole. Like that's the way I, I see it. But there's yeah. not really a handful of things that'll like outright one shot you. Like getting hit by Ice Howl's charge, that'll one shot you. Not changing colors on twins when you should. When the vortexes are coming, that'll that'll kill you. You know, stuff like that. But like, you know, to for to wipe something has to fall through the the cracks. Like multiple things have to go wrong for things. Like even I even if Ice Howl hits somebody, you can trank it. You can trank him. Like he enrages, but a hunter can trank shot. So like there's ways out of everything like you have to something more has to be wrong <laughs> to actually wipe on stuff and usually like you said it's just from trying to go too fast like slow down you know slow is smooth smooth is fast yep go ahead and remind everybody of the just the few of the fight mechanics before you start like yeah and i mean yeah i feel like that would 
that would help a that would help a lot. But yeah, we one shot a noob and felt pretty damn good about that. So <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So that's that's been my week. Um, been doing a ton. Um, yeah. The NR thing that you mentioned is definitely it's it's bigger than people realize. Like the we are uh mining goes main raid this week. We wiped on a noob because we want we had only one shaman um and we didn't have nature res so there was more damage going out from the uh from the swarm and so the healers were like kind of overcompensating a little bit and it just kind of like spiraled a little bit like it was like a little bit of, a little bit of panic was palpable uh in in the raid and it didn't it didn't go very well um so we we lost our 50 out of 50 i think we we killed it the next attempt so we got 49 but like still like if we had just taken it a little more carefully like had one of the hunters go aspect of the wild instead like that would have made a huge difference but like it's it's crazy how much of a difference the nr thing actually makes like there's people who are like having their healers pop uh nr flasks for phase three because like you kind of don't want the extra spell power from a spell power flask because you don't want your heals to heal for too much because then leeching swarm does more damage um and like tanks specifically like i main tank a noob on my druid and i have an actual nr set like it's not like gear that has nr on it but like i i do like the helmet chant the cloak enchant i even went and got the violet the violet eye shoulder enchant i have the tbc leatherworking chest enchant and i have the uh the enchanting void spheres the gems that enchanters can make for the plus four to all resists so like right before we pulled a noob last night uh, we I had shadow protection from a priest and I had uh frost protection aura from a paladin. So with all of my resist stuff, including the flask and, and everything as well, I had two eleven frost resist and shadow resist, and we didn't have the NR one and my my nature resist was still two oh nine. Well so it's you can and I didn't have to my gear is more or less the same. Like I didn't really change out any actual gear. I just changed out a couple, a few gems and some enchants. So like the, my threat was unaffected. <laughs> the rings pretty sick. The, the Ani rings, yeah. You can have both yeah, the ten man and the twenty five man at the same time. That's an extra yeah. plus fifty five. Then I also I switch out trinkets from my health trinkets to like just straight up, uh, like dodge trinkets or, or uh, whatever. Like I switch out those and then I switch out. Uh, um, and, you know, and then I use the crow, the lesser flask of resistance rather than a health flask. And, and then I got a real good tip from Zunder because like when you're taking the ads, like those ice patches, if you're playing on her, on heroic, you move at the speed of snail, like <laughs> getting out of those, you, you want to just take the closest path out instead of trying to walk through. But I had been calling for freedoms right and that works good but a great tip zunder friend of the show gave me was intervene one of the heels i, I was like that. oh my god dude why did i think of that that's so dumb that i didn't just didn't think of it and it was just <laughs> like that is gonna help so much yeah zunder runs our gdkp every once in a while of course i uh i um i i vigilance one of the other tanks to um to reset taunt con like constantly and i've got my two sets so taunt even is two seconds shorter now which is nice because warrior taunt is just not like our taunting 
kit is just not as good as a Pally's. Like one of them is a, not a real taunt and it's like it's a one minute cooldown and it's only like within four yards or five yards. Mocking and then yeah. And then the other one is taunt and gets resisted more than you would think. Like there's a glyph for it, but it's like there it's is, but you're not where... gonna switch out that glyph. Like yeah, you're not the gonna other switch ones are too valuable. Yeah, so well, I had to look at the eye level of all of our raids just to close this section out. Uh, table in my our raid group is at 242.4. Your weekday raid, Bob, is at like one eye level below, 241.4. And then your weekend raid is 234.2. So it's what, six, seven, seven eye levels below? So yeah. Those people that are around that 234 eye level, those raid groups, that's where I'm expecting is like, it's probably the average raid group eye level, and that's where it might take longer. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm done with trying to prove my point. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what the... Uh, uh, the I was GDKP. right. I was wrong. <laughs> now, the, the GDKP eye level tonight is 236.8, so right around that 235 eye uh -oh. level. They're struggling on a noob. I keep refreshing. They've got three wipes right now. Four wipes right now. Oh, boy. All right, well, <laughs> let's move on to... <laughs> Time for the news. All right, well, so Sarth talked about it last week when he was on, but they were going to do a hardcore dual tournament, Makara tournament, Makara tournament, um, and yeah happened to catch any of it hopefully you did table yeah watch a little bit there's a lot of gravestones is there <laughs> it's a big old line of them nice did they they did it in stv is that what i saw because i got to tune in for like a minute because i was working i don't know i didn't really pay attention i just saw the gravestones and i was like yeah that's what it's all about <laughs> yeah because they did it at uh 10 a.m. PST, I think, so 1 Eastern. And I was like, well, I, I can't participate for one because I would have tried to level up my tune to 30. And then I was like, well, yeah, but I'm at work, so I, I didn't even get to watch it. See if the VOD's up. I think it was Sarth hosted it, so let me see if the VOD's up. Yeah, I think uh, Zaryu might have hosted it too on his channel if Sarth didn't have a VOD. Uh, it looks like, hold on, let me fast forward a little bit in this thing. They might be in Shimmering Flats. Mm. Yeah, Maybe Shimmering Flats. Well, it's okay. I was just, I was just curious if any of you caught it. I'll catch the Sarth or Zaryu, um, edited down version. I'm, I'm sure, but <laughs> I was just curious if anybody saw or partook in that and just thought it was kind of a fun idea and I hope everybody had a good time. Yeah. A lot of familiar names. It was, it was cool. Um, so this next piece of news is just like, it's like the PTR era and, um, hardcore PTR. It's just talking about a couple different things, but, um, what I wanted to point out was they haven't posted it yet, but there's a huge revamp of the classic era honor system. And I don't think anybody knows what exactly the revamp is. Does anybody have any, like, 
any guesses to what it is and why they would be messing with it now? It's probably because to get rank 14 on era, you have to basically PVP all day, every day for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And that's a lot <laughs> like they a lot of people will get rank 14 and then they just stop PVPing. So it's like it's I would guess it's probably to make sure that there is higher engagement with PVP without it being just a senseless, like tedious grind. That's the that's the main reason that I can think of as to why they would want to change it. That's what I think it is too. I just have no idea what they're gonna change to and yeah, it's I'm interested and in also like why this changed now. It has it makes me think that like it's part of the classic plus idea they possibly have or the new season of mastery idea that they have going into the next thing. Like because I don't know why you're messing with that now, but Unless you're making something new. It says to me that they have plans for the future for ERA. That's really what it says. Like, if they're doing something, if they're making some sort of fundamental change to one of the systems in ERA, clearly ERA is part of their long-term plans. That's what it says to me anyway. Maybe that's copium, who knows, but that's that's what it says to me. Maybe uh, the PVPers on ERA were like, hey, it's taken way too long, Like, or maybe it's even, like, impossible to get higher ranks right now on ERA. So they're just trying to... It's pretty pop, like the PvP scene on air is pretty popping, but you've got all these like max gear people just beating the crap out of anybody new. Like it's, I mean, if I go on, I just one shot people in the gear that I left behind <laughs> going to TBC. Like my warriors just like crack, double hit, you're dead. I mean, I'm going to try the, uh, I'll still be at work though, because it, it's going to start at 5 p.m. Friday july 21st and that's like right when i get off work so eh, maybe it'll get delayed like in half an hour and i can get home and i can get on and and do it yeah you're talking about the the wow devs are gonna brawl with people yeah the brawl with the blues uh i'd like to hop on there because it says they'll have uh I i thought it said yeah they'll have 60 character templates enabled for pvp testing well, I guess yeah, I'll that sounds like to... a fun thing to do. Yeah, I'll probably mm-hmm. jump on a test too. Look forward to fighting against Agrand on his Rep Paladin with uh, Hand of Ragnaros, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. wonder what 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 they're gonna do. Are they gonna do like one of each BG? Are they gonna just do AV because it's forty versus forty? I want to see yeah. a free for all in Garbashi. That's what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well. Okay, well, that was all I had about that. And then the last piece of news is uh, the article from Wowhead says over 120K banned. That's not what the Blue Post actually says. The Blue Post says um, total exploitive Wow account actions last month are 127,014. So that does not say banned, but like says action. So there was some action taken against that amount of accounts for. cheating and ex and exploitation which does not include like dumb names or in-game <laughs> language violations and stuff of that nature so i just thought i'd throw it out there i don't think it's yeah, anything all that cool. anything it could just mean that they like shook their head disapprovingly like uh, 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 uh. 
All right, guys. Well, I think that's it for news. Let's go on and move to. Bobby, we need to have a talk about this World of Warcraft classic. Do I look like I know what a WoW token is? All right, guys. So, yeah, this is about DPS. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to change our view here to where we can kind of see the charts with us. I apologize to audio listeners, um, but uh, it's the best we can do. So this is, this, is, this is what we got. So guys, this right here is week two trial of the, of the cru Crusader. And uh, things have changed quite a bit. Like, what jumps out to you guys here? I know what jumps out to go. <laughs> this is the overall, right? This is the overall. Specific. Yeah, not this is the boss. This is the overall. And it's 95th percentile. This is the 99th percentile, I believe. No, 99. no, th this is the 95th per percentile. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, well, anything jump out to you? I can tell you what's the same. Affliction and Unholy still at the top. Yeah. Yeah, although that was not the same in week two of Nax. Uh, Rhett Pally is looking pretty solid. It's moving up. Moving up a bunch. Oh yeah, they were like bottom of the barrel before, which is definitely, it's nice to see that they're not, you know, they're, they're not only taken just for their utility anymore. Now they contribute enough damage to be more worthy of a of a you know inclusion in the actual i mean they're top 10 you know yeah they're they're an eighth right now on that one yep yep and fury warriors just right right below them now at uh nine true which is I'm, crazy i'm uh surprised that enhancement isn't higher to be honest because enhancements get real pumpy like with multi-target stuff like fire nova hits like a truck so I'm surprised that enhance isn't higher. Yeah, it's it's weird, and and balance is way down there. Sur survival hunters taking a real big step back. Marksman never came up like they thought it was gonna. So one thing to consider, because this is all bosses, is hunters are used to soak for twins, so maybe that's bringing them down a little bit. But also mages are too sometimes, but mage is still fire mage at least is still up there, but shadow priest a little bit lower. I always have to throw in druids have to battle res a lot for progression, especially for 50-50 runs, so they're not gonna be asking the ferals because ferals are out damaging the balanced druids. So us balanced druids, it's like maybe you resto druid first. Hey, can you get a B res? Then the balanced druid, hey, can you B res this other guy? And then Feral last, so maybe in a couple of weeks after we don't have to battle res as much, we might move up. I would expect that, a yeah. Little bit. I feel like it's it's weird that like like I, I've noticed this in our own raids. Go is that usually when somebody needs to be battle resed, I am the last one who gets asked to do it, which is kind of strange because mine is instant almost every time because I'm constantly using finishers, which makes my next nature spell instant. And rebirth is a nature spell. So like my BR is instant. So all I gotta do is drain energy and battle res and it's fine. Like I'm usually like the melee battle res target, but like 
I don't know. It just seems it seems kind of weird that that's the case. But yeah, I think you're you're totally right that once once people are running cleaner and things like that, and fewer battle reses are required, I would expect this to look at least a little bit different. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't like the retribution in Feral being so high. I'm being honest. Like <laughs> they have, they just have too much utility, and like you look at everybody else up there high. I feel like that's fair. Like they're all like like pure damage classes for the most part except for dk and like warrior but like i just uh I'd, i feel like that retribution paladin buff was a bad idea like <laughs> and i feel like the feral buff kind of might have been a bad idea going into the new gear because it seems like you guys are really the gears really working for you like so you're you are like going up from from gear too and those changes like might come back to just like put you guys ferals and ret paladins like in the top three going in you know during icc so it could be it's definitely a uh it's definitely a balance issue right because like when they added in like the gl the glyph for uh rets and then of course the fairy fire change for ferals like the things that they were trying to achieve by adding those in were slightly different like ret was having issues with damage so they added an option to make them do more damage and it worked the feral one was to get rid of bear weaving because it was causing a problem for tanks with threat and they wanted whatever change they made to be more worth it than bear weaving to make people not want to bear weave and it worked but it probably worked a little bit more than they thought it would i guess like and the weird thing is that the threat issue is still not all the way gone like <laughs> you now guys are a lot of threat i put vigilance on the feral a lot yeah like ferals are up there in threat now just because they're doing a lot of damage which like to be fair if somebody's on the tank's ass on threat it should be because they're doing a lot of damage whereas before that was not the case ferals were on the tank's ass on threat and were barely doing any damage so like at least now it makes sense that ferals are on the tank's ass for threat but like their cited reason for wanting to get rid of bear weaving didn't work essentially like they wanted to reduce the amount of threat that cats were doing to you know reduce a little bit of stress on tanks and it didn't work because ferals are still really high threat generating it's just now because it's a lot of damage yep and they're just doing silly damage right now but yeah i i i think like i think for the most part though this looks fine i just think it's interesting how far down balance has gone like because if we go back to like let's say let's go back to nax right so yeah. in nax balance druids like middle of the pack like in we were the what, 11th yeah yeah like and demonology warlock number one <laughs> and now demonology warlock is way down there well everybody in phase one wanted to feed their demo lock as much gear as possible and that's Definitely. kind of that's kind of gone not all the way back but like i don't think anybody's still feeding their demo lock this loot asap anymore so they're yeah they're feeding their unholy dks like yeah. at the moment because their set bonus is going to be fucking sick for this phase so and that could yeah, but, be you in this right now for phase three a ton. Like, who's got their two-piece? Who's got their four-piece? Like, which class and spec 
benefits the most from the two and four piece? Who's getting fed all that gear? Is it the DKs? Because everyone's saying, oh, well, DK, their tier lasts through ICC, so you know, feed the Vank token to the DKs. Definitely makes sense because the DK four piece is so huge for Unholy. It's it's good for Frost too, but it's definitely way more impactful for Unholy because they have talents that increase their disease damage already. And the four piece allows one of their diseases to crit. Like the ticks can be crits. So that totally makes sense why Unholy is so high because the Unholies that are in that 95th percentile that are parsing that high, for sure they all have four piece now. Mm-hmm so it's and a lot of it too is the scaling thing as well like balance is where it is because of sharing a token with dks <laughs> um and, and robes uh, and mages and robes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so like that's part of it like our the vank token is like the the pumper token like if you look at the top 10 like half of the top 10 on that list is on the vank token so that hurts balance druids for sure because they're getting deprioritized for the token because all the other people that are on the token are where they are on the list so that's definitely part of it part of it is scaling um and part of it is the fights like if you look at something like nax like feralina is an aoe fight boomkins are really good at aoe there aren't really any aoe fights in toc so the specific fights that boomkins really excel at aren't really in toc yeah, anything over four targets, Boomkin's looking great, right? And then anything, un- you know, of four targets and under, your, your Cleveland classes are looking great. But, I mean, look at Paladin here in, and Feral Druid and Nex. Paladin's just barely above Subrogue. <laughs> and same with Fury Warrior. Like, but right now, if those changes hadn't been made, Fury Warrior would probably be over Feral Druid and Paladin red paladin could be or rather feral and red would be under warrior i would say because fury would stay yeah. where it is and then feral and red would be not as high but yeah, yeah but that's another if they thing dropped below them then it would push it would push fury up higher on the list you know if they've like dropped below but yeah it's because it's just interest it's just in in interesting that these three classes have moved back up and the warriors see very little changes besides the munching the yeah the bleed munching for warrior it's basically almost all of their increases based on how well they scale with their gear versus like in phase one they hadn't really come online yet basically and now in phase three they're starting to come on come online like a lot of people talked from back in the day about like in tier 10 in icc warriors were dominating they were always close to the top and that's because of the scaling by by so the end of the rets. expansion yeah rets yeah. were up there too combat rogues were up there too um your list had i think the top five was i think combat rogues like not in this order but like combat rogues fury warriors fire mages uh feral druids and what did I miss? Retribution Paladins? Did I already hit them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, that's what's your list you made forever ago about, you know, the ending DPS charts in ICC has got me what's super, super scared from those those small changes that they did to Feral and Rhett. I mean, honestly, what it's looking like now is that it's more or less falling into line with what 
it was originally in original wrath like feral right now is about where it was in original wrath 2 same thing with with red and fury they they had because that's they're the scaling the classes that scale well they are starting to scale now that's why that's obviously the changes that blizzard made it as well but the scaling was going to happen regardless also but it's for different reasons though because like combat rogue and and feral druid were amazing at this time uh because armor pen hadn't been nerfed yet you know and like armor pen got got nerfed i I think it was during toc towards late or maybe just the beginning of icc but it got nerfed poison rework happened but the armor pen stuff was just propelling us so high and I don't even know if Rhett Paladins, I don't, I don't know if they were using Armor Pen back in the day before the nerf or not. I have no clue. No, I don't think so. If they had gear that had Probably ARP not. on it, it was, they weren't going after those pieces because they had ARP. It was just the best available piece in that slot. They weren't like chasing it or anything in the same way that Ferals do. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, so big, big changes. Like, in, and Enhancement Shaman was so high and now they're so down comparatively but like the people that have really fallen are um are arcane where, fell a lot arcane fell out where was destruction destruction's fallen quite a bit from nax let's look at the wait what is this one this one is olduar so an olduar like <clears throat> balance is still above feral there retribution still bottom of the barrel like i just don't think that the retribution change is the reason ret has jumped so much i don't think it's that glyph yeah for them it's it's probably mostly the scaling like they've gotten access to better gear and just and, the fights i mean the yeah. fights like are a lot of cleave fights right which they excel at you know like who was the target oh it was josh josh from mere casuals was talking on mere casuals like getting it pugs on his ret has been like difficult and he's like i don't understand why like we're like built for five-man content like we pump <laughs> in five-man dungeons why do they not want to take a ret and it's just like it's misconception people like still don't even realize like we gave our first uh we gave our first uh death verdict to well not we the guild, the guild leadership gave the first death verdict to our Rhett Pally. And everybody, not everybody, but there was a fair amount of people bitching about <laughs> it. And, like, even I, when it first happened, was like, whoa? And then, <laughs> our, and then Harskar, our raid lead, pointed out, it was like, dude, they're doing a lot. And then I looked at our logs, and he had done the most damage across the entire TOGC that, that um, night. So it was just like, out of our whole weekday raid. And yes, he, him and I are both like some, two of the most geared people in the raid, but still, like, he just destroyed. And it's just like, guys, you got to remember, shit's changed. Like, it's a very different raid with different prios to different people. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, I think it's, yeah, I think it's the, the changes in fights are just huge. And that's, that's why they're jumping up. And I think they're, those changes are going to be a lot in IACC too. And I just feel like the buff was unnecessary. Although bear weaving was a pain in the ass. So I'm, I'd, I wish they could have fixed that without making them go above combat rogues. There was like, there was some other stuff that was like wrong with feral 
is the problem. Like there was like obviously we're like we're running three three five balance. So anything that got changed to any stats along the way, it's in its final state. So like no matter what, like Nax and Ulduar and TOC was not gonna look the same for classic as it did in uh in original Wrath, just because, you know, the armor pen change, for example, the poison rework, another example, like that stuff wasn't in an original Nax. It wasn't in an original Old War. So like we're comparing what we saw in classic to what was in original and obviously it's going to be different because of that there was a few bugs for some classes like the dancing room weapon thing for death knights uh there's a few other like pet related things that were slightly not the same uh for ferals in particular fairy fire feral used to be able to proc fairy fire not at 100 percent chance but it used to be able to proc it and then it 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 didn't in classic at all so it's like i don't know like they there's all these like little slight differences that caused things to be different from maybe the way that they should have been or the way that they originally were. So it's kind of weird. To, well, what's crazy to too? Stuff. There's also people don't realize like Red Paladins and Fury Warriors might have looked better on many different boss fights if Warcraft logs hadn't decided that some boss fights need ads taken out of the parse right like so the charts might have looked a lot different for both nax and olduar if those stipulations weren't in place like like we might have seen fury and ret higher so if blizzard is looking at these damage numbers on one on on warcraft logs they're actually looking at the wrong information in my opinion because they were doing a lot more stuff like than we saw on these logs. So that's another thing that just kind of bugs me about Warcraft logs because it just completely deletes some things out of the log. And I understand people would people would take ad advantage of certain things, but it just kind yeah. of it kind of dilutes it a little bit too. Is there a way to look at unfiltered damage for these statistics pages? I don't know if there is. I don't think there is. Because, yeah, that'd be cool to compare unfiltered. Yeah, you'd have to look at your your uh, details output compared mm. to the output on Warcraft logs. Mm. It sounds like a big pain in the butt. <laughs> I think one of the big issues, too, is like there's some classes and specs that have to put in zero effort zero conscious effort to do extra damage to ads and stuff and there are some that have to consciously decide to do damage to extra stuff like wandering plague pestilence death and decay consecrate divine storm whirlwind uh fan of knives like all that stuff like you don't get to pick which targets those things hit um but like you know and fan is a good example too of like you have to decide to press fan, whereas for pestilence, it just spreads diseases to anything nearby. They don't get to, you know, and that's part of their normal rotation. Divine Storm, part of the normal rotation. Like, all, all these things that will just essentially pad damage through zero effort, uh, whereas to, you know, for a rogue to do AoE, you have to fan or you have to blade flurry or whatever. So but it's like, see, like, I get it, but also it still seems kind of arbitrary at times. Say as a combat rogue, I'm going to take on Ariaya, right? I am going to pop cooldowns, and I am going to fan the shit out of that boss and the adds until the adds are dead. 
and then I AOE shit afterwards. Not one thing. When all of those mobs spawn, I can <laughs> throw out one fan and take them out really fast, but I don't because Warcraft Logs does not count that towards your parse. So I continue to do damage on the boss. Like, and that's parse culture. That's what that's what we're in now, you know. And I don't think I'm the only one that does that does this. And I'm sure other people take it to even more degrees where they don't do like actual mechanics that need to be done to keep their parse going. Like they don't stack when you know on Aria when they're supposed to stack because they don't want to have a chance at any at any parry, you know, or something like that, you know, from the front of the boss. And so like it could even be worse. Like I at least pay attention to mechanics, but if like that ad's not on there and I'm not called out specifically by the raid lead to go take care of that ad, I ain't touching the ad. I'm trying to think if there's any bosses like that in uh TOGC because the snowbolds count for damage on beasts. Yeah, but you have to be smart enough to cleave off of the snowbold. You have to switch to the snowbold because cleaves don't hit it. You, but you can cleave off of it to the boss. There's some that do, like Swipe does. I can I can hard target the boss and just turn my character to face the snowbolds, and Swipe will hit the snowbolds even if I'm hard targeting the boss. There's a few well, that work that way. I don't think Blade Fury. I guess I I guess because I've been told I've never tried to. Uh, wait, is it Blade Fury? Is that my double hit? Yeah. I I haven't tried to do it off of the boss. I always switch to. Try and see if it works. Just pop Blade Flurry when it gets close, and if it hits it, then cool. If not, then just I don't. Pop. I don't think it does because I watched Kipso's video and he talked about like you don't even want to use uh, you don't even want to use Killing Spree with Blade Storm because your Killing Spree for sure will not target the the Kobold, so it definitely doesn't cleave off of it to it. So a noob is the only one, which maybe I shouldn't say the rules. <laughs> There's some exclusions on the noob. The uh the swarm scarabs on the burrow phase don't count. And then damage done to the burrowers in phase three don't count. But like Jaraxxus, the volcanoes, the mistresses, the portals, that all counts. Um uh, your damage gets normalized on twins. I kinda hate that. Like if what you does get that the, mean? if you get like if you get a hundred stacks of like the, the orbs that come in and you get empowered, it like increases your damage then it normalizes that damage instead of actually showing what you got DPS wide. Yeah, that feels Ew. bad. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple things to be said about all of those rules. The burrowers thing, they still need to die. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's kind of unfortunate that, I mean, like, I get why they don't count for logs because then you could just allow only one person to kill the burrowers and then they would are super high because of that Same but like the they scarabs, do yeah. they still need to die so like mm -hmm. the the better thing to do is like anybody who doesn't have a mana bar is the one who kills them because then you're not wasting mana and then everybody who has mana can just regen that phase it's like that's a decent way to do it um the the uh burrowers in phase three i guess that kind of makes sense i guess but like the first set still needs to die like, if you push to phase three before the first set is dead, all you're doing is losing out on potential damage for a parse. So it's like, it's these rules, like, change the way that people do their strats. Like, if 
if the Warcraft if Warcraft logs was would just try and make their like criteria fit the way the boss is like supposed to be done, I feel like that would encourage players to like play the way that they're you know supposed to, like the way that the fight was the fights were designed. But instead, like these pe- people are developing completely separate strats just to parse high that are different from what you would normally do on the fight, which is like super frustrating whenever you're trying to figure out like, oh man, I want to get full 99s, but that means I have to kind of be like turbo selfish on some fights and ignore mechanics on certain fights and whatever. It's just kind of, I don't know, it doesn't, doesn't feel right. I mean, if the burrowers counted in phase three though, then we wouldn't have raid leads calling, all right, let the burrowers burrow. Because everybody would be like, no, that's my parse. Like, we need to keep the burrowers on the ice. I need to get my AOE. Like, don't let them burrow. That, no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of glad on that one. But Yeah, I mean, like, the, the set that spawns during Phase 3, yeah, I feel like those shouldn't count. But if the first set is still alive, and then you push to Phase 3, the damage to those ones should still count, because they still have to die. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, like, on Twins, with, like, the damage being normalized... That's almost definitely because there are some classes and specs that have abilities or passives from talents that reduce their AoE damage taken. And Simon and I did a video about this, but if you have anything active on yourself that reduces the damage you take from AoE or in just in general, you get fewer stacks. So like a rogue that pops faint, you're getting 50% fewer stacks while faint is up than you would if you didn't have faint up. So you're actively discouraged. Like if they hadn't put that rule on, rogues would have been actively discouraged from reducing their incoming damage and helping the healers out just so they could parse higher. So that one I understand. <laughs> uh, and same thing for ferals. In talents, just baked in a talents and a talent that we're going to take because it increases our damage, in that talent is one that reduces our AoE damage taken by 30%. So ferals get 30% fewer stacks on twins than they normally would because of that talent. And then on top of that, we have bark skin. That'll reduce the stacks we take. So, like, I get it from that angle, but, like, it's hard to tell what their actual goals were with some of these rules. Like, they set these rules, but, like, why Why do the rules exist? Like, they don't really do a great job of explaining why the rules are the way that they are. And I don't know. if It's just, it just seems arbitrary. Like, it, I'm, it, it's not arbitrary. Like, they, they have their reasons, but, like, I don't know what they are because they're not good at communicating it. If they would just tell us why, it would make more sense, and then maybe we could, like, give some pointers or some uh feedback on like how to make it better <laughs> so i'm not gonna bark skin on twins anymore thank you <laughs> <laughs> even though it you... gets normalized it still looks cool as shit when i'm like empowered and i'm just pumping on both the bosses i love yeah. that if you have a uh, light debuff though if you have light up and you sapper you get a stack because it's fire damage mm. like if you have um that's that's another thing with um uh with like resistors and stuff Shadow Resist uh, reduces the stacks you take from the uh, Dark Orbs, and Fire Resist reduces the, uh, the stacks you take from uh, Light Orbs. So they, it counts as Fire Damage and Shadow Damage. So anything you have that decrease, decreases that, it'll, that'll affect things a little bit too, which is kind of funny. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just thought it'd be kind of cool to just look at, like, look at kind of the differences, but... You were wanting to talk about something a little extra before we go, though, right? You were wanting to talk about there's, like, some differences in in rotations uh, and, like, stat prio and s- with, with some of the classes you play. I was hoping to get a little bit of inf- info on that before we go. Um, yeah, I know a little bit changes for, for boomies. 
So mm-hmm. I'll let I'll let go uh, describe that whole thing because I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's still kind of getting worked out, surprisingly or not, because this is a solved game, right? But um, for going from tier eight to tier nine, in tier eight we had like max uptime on our insect swarm, and a lot of people had four piece. Some people only had two piece, but if you had uh, four piece, then you would get like instant star fires, and that was cool if you had insect swarm up. And now once you get like two piece tier nine, you're switching to the Moonfire glyph, the new Moonfire glyph. So Moonfire ticks can when they crit, they give you like a a buff, uh a crit buff. They might not even have to crit. It might just be like the Moonfire dot when it ticks. It can give you a crit buff. That's what it is. And now we want Moonfire up at all times instead of not using it at all like phase two you would only use it if you had to move and reposition so like our our dots kind of like flip-flopped you can have insects warm up still even though like you're not going to have it glyphed anymore you're going to have moonfire starfire starfall glyphs so like all of or two of our glyphs changed some people i'm, I'm trying to like go in depth here so like some people did have starfire glyph in phase two like there's all these little things but the the majority of people didn't they would have like you know focus starfall insect swarm but if you had two piece usually you would have starfire so depending on what you had but it's still going to change in phase three once you get the new tier and it's been breaking my brain on some of these fights because i'm so used to muscle memory and it's like, I Moonfire, and then I want to Starfire. So then, like, I'll start off a fight, put up Moonfire, and then go Starfire, and then it crits and I'm in Solar instead of fishing for Lunar right away. Like, I should be Moonfiring, Wrathing, getting Lunar, so on and so forth. But we can extend our Moonfire with our Starfire glyph, and the way that that works, I made a video on it. I don't want to go into it right here because I've already rambled on for a couple minutes. But yeah, like our, our rotation has completely changed and it's still being worked on, which is really fun. What's going on with Ferals? I'd say it's always it's always fun when new stuff pops up because it's like it's a new puzzle to solve. It's fun fun stuff. Um, Ferals are running into crit cap issues already. <laughs> mm. Like right now with my current gear, I have like two pieces from. TOGC. I have the neck and I have the staff. That's it. I'm still running and like I have like the bad shoulders. Like other than that, I'm still running, you know, most of the same gear. I guess I have two piece as well, but that doesn't really change anything like rotationally speaking. It didn't make a huge impact on like my stats. But I guess I'll just say with with full phase two bis and the new idol, the new idol gives you 200 agility. Uh, it's a chance to proc a 200 agility buff when you use mangle or shred so agility obviously gives crit um and i have dark matter and the proc from dark matter is worth about 15 percent crit so already just because of the high amount of agility that ferals already have unbuffed with just the idle buff and dark matter proc i'm already at 75 percent crit which is like only a couple couple percent away from uh the the soft cap like the white cap which is insane so right now like when i once i'm already you know soft capped on armor pen i'm gemming 
agility for the most part. But the higher eye level our gear gets and the more crit and agility we have in our gear, we're going to be crit capped, so we're not going to want to be chasing agility anymore. We're going to be switching over to strength again. So like this is back to in phase one, it was like, oh, do we gem agility or do we gem strength? So before it was like we didn't have enough crit, even if we gem full agility, and now it's we have too much crit, so we can't gem agility because we're like wasting half of the benefit of agility if we're already crit capped. So it's like it's so it's interesting that we're we're back to the agility versus strength thing again. The other thing that's weird is up until now, haste was kind of a meh stat for Feral. Like we wouldn't chase it if it was on a piece of gear that we wanted for other reasons, sure, whatever. But like it was never something that we would go out of our way to, to get. But now with crit cap issues we're running into a situation where as long as we're all right on hit and we're already you know soft capped on crit the only stat left in the like on the yellow gem sort of category is going to be haste so at a certain point if we're chasing if we're, we're trying to get socket bonuses and the item has a yellow socket instead of gymming like agility crit or strength crit pretty soon we're going to be going strength haste in those sockets which is like wild it's so so different from what we've been doing up to this point. And that is wild. It's uh you know when you you look at the amount of crit that you get from the idol, the amount of crit you're gonna get from death verdict, because it's always like the highest stat is chosen on death verdict. If you're a strength class, the proc is gonna be strength. If you're a class, it's gonna be agility. So you gotta factor that in as well. So the soft cap for ferals with the idol and with death verdict is like 69.28 nice uh <laughs> and that's it's going to be super achievable like i'm basically already at that without even getting all those upgrades so so will it be to a point to where eventually even in icc you're like you're going to be wanting to prio rings and capes for strength items like rather strength armor pen items rather than agility armor pen items on a case-by-case -case basis, maybe. I haven't done a whole lot of those sims quite yet. Like, I have an ICC set in my, like, sim profile, but, like, cr the crit angle is not something that I have looked at yet in that set. Like, if that set is, like, you know, a few percent over the crit cap, then, yeah, I'll probably mess around with some strength options and see if that sim's higher. But, like, it's a possibility. Like, it's, it's not a definite no. It's a maybe. <laughs> and that's the crazy part. Yeah, it's interesting. Combat rogues are like starting to become like okay with just having twenty percent, you know, eighteen to twenty percent melee hit, just because we don't have to. Like, we're like, well, it gets extra damage. We don't have to quite, you know, like switch up a ton. But I wonder if we had to keep our hit like lower. I wonder if we would be doing things where once we start getting to the caps, we would be switching over to. I don't know. I don't know, because we'd still want to do attack power. I don't I know. Think for you guys, it's going to be weird because, like, the, the crit cap is based on, like, the attack table. And one of the things on the attack table is mischance. And since you guys dual wield, your mischance is inherently higher. So 26%, I believe, for white your, hits. Yeah, your crit cap is lower than mine because I only need 8% hit for everything because, like, ferals technically are not dual wielders. So I only need 8% hit. So my crit cap is 77.8. Like, the hard cap for white hit is 77.8. Um, for you, it's based on how much hit you have. If you're hard capped on hit, if you're white hit capped, then your crit cap is also 
But if you have a lower hit than that, then your crit cap is also lower. And the way to push, you have to basically push things off the attack table so that the only thing left is crits or glancing so blows. So that's why we're going for higher hit now is because we need to make sure we keep up and don't go too high on crit. Yep, because if, if your hit is high sense. enough, then okay. part of your okay. crit is wasted. And you're also in agility class. So I, you're gonna I, I to, forgot about that shit. Yeah. So, like, obviously, we don't have to worry about block or parry because we're behind the boss the whole time. So it's really just dodge, which is handled by expertise, and hit, which is handled by hit rating. So if you're hard capped on everything, the only thing that's going to be left in the attack table for white hits is going to be glancing blows, which is not reducible at all, or crits. So, like, that's what crit cap is, is pushing everything else off the attack table so the only thing left other than glancing blows is crit. But for you guys, the three things that'll be on your attack table still will be glances, misses, and crits. So at a certain point, there won't be normal hits anymore on the attack table. Like, you have to, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like, an order. There's a, a specific order that things get pushed off the attack table. And you, you handle certain aspects of those stats in order to push them off the attack table so that eventually the only thing left is crits and glances. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah, our, our crit cap kind of changes a little bit because we, we had 7% Starfire crit from a set bonus in Tier 8, and then we lose that when we go into Tier 9. But we get the idol, which only gives 4.32% crit or something when it's up. So, like, we're losing a little bit of crit going bonus to idle. And then, but we're getting a little bit of extra crit back from the extra stats from the, the higher eye level. So, like, more intellect is more crit, and more crit rating is more crit. So, it doesn't exactly even out to the 7%, I don't think. But it, it gets us back a little bit closer. But, yeah, we still need still need some crit. And a lot of websites back... Before Wrath Classic came out, it was like our priority for stats was a uh, haste to four hundred one, and then crit cap, and then back to haste. But what it looks like on the Sims is like haste to four hundred one, and then continue haste. <laughs> like it's weird. Like I don't. I'm, it's not like the gems, the spell power uh, haste gems versus spell power crit gems. Right now, it's still valuing spell power haste even though we're not crit capped maybe it's based on like what's achievable like even if you want full bore on crit maybe it's not achievable to get to the cap maybe that's why uh, i know it wasn't like in phase two bis you could phase three like we we still probably could somehow but yeah it's i don't know it seems to love haste for us but then again that's like single target so like maybe crit is better for even one extra add with Starfall hitting it or something like that, or multi-dotting with Moonfire. Crit might be better. It's just interesting how, like, stat weights and values change based on these different types of bonuses and things like that. Like, like you're talking about with your the set bonus that gave you the extra crit. Like, now, like, you're, as a result of that, the value of crit rating was probably lower because of that bonus, but now that you don't have the bonus, the value of crit rating is like should be higher but i don't know that's weird what you're saying that how the sim doesn't seem to see it that way mm -hmm. maybe they just haven't programmed it in yet or maybe they did and the sim is still you know showing haste to be higher or something yeah, it could but, be you also talked about just talked about rotations changing 
did you did you hit on that or did i miss it if you hit on it there's a like, little bit of like i was talking about it with uh you know with the differences between glyphing moonfire versus insect swarm and stuff like that changes things a little bit but like yeah. rotations is what i'm talking about like say in vanilla classic warriors once you were over 2k attack power whether it's with world buffs or whatever at that point heroic strike became prio over whirlwind whereas 2k attack power and below whirlwind was prioed on single target over uh over heroic strike so like things like that like is there any like changes up in prio of any of the rotations you guys do yeah ours is just our dots change and instead of insect swarm up or max up time it's moon fire up time yeah you did you did talk about that okay it's also like Moonfire still might be the best thing. Like even on like a noob, for example, since there's four burrowers, it might be better to Moonfire all four of them instead of like even if you're in a lunar or solar. It's like burrowers come out, you just switch Moonfire all four. That that, that could be the play. Like I, they're still looking into it on the Druid Discord, and I was trying to test the numbers before the show went live. Of like how much damage my moonfire is, because we can we can snapshot a moonfire. So if we've got uh, procs up, or if we use a potion of wild magic, and we snapshot some moonfires with some some good spell power, then that could outweigh the damage from like our starfires or wraths. But yeah, like we're we're still going eclipse to eclipse and everything. We're still popping starfall. We're still using our treants. But yeah, just our dots kind of changed. Insect swarm for me only when I move, but you could theoretically still insect swarm after your lunar goes away. But then when you move, you don't have that much to to do. You can typhoon or you could downrank moonfire, but You're right, Bob? Yeah, no, I don't think I am. I just realized that Go has an alliance banner. I know. <laughs> Along with its horde banner. Like what is a what I, I mean this is an alliance moonkin too so i mean <laughs> but he's you know he's also I'm on a purple moonkin when he raids with you bob i'm i'm sitting behind the horde banner i would never <laughs> sit behind <laughs> the alliance banner i was just wondering that seems like it seems off character for you i thought maybe it was your it was your lady friends <laughs> friends you're trying to get me in trouble <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I'm just saying then. There's, there's a, a little bit of differences for Feral. It's like, I don't know, there's there's some analogs here and there. Like Rake, I would say, is is kind of analogous to like uh, like a Moonfire. Although like you always, you want to always have Moonfire up. But like Rake is kind of a little bit lower on the priority for, for Feral. It's, you know, if you if you have, if you can, it's good to maintain the uptime. But like there are certain situations where you, you don't use it. But the two-piece for tier nine uh gives an extra tick onto rake normally it's three ticks uh three seconds apart so it's a nine second debuff normally but with the two piece it becomes 12 seconds so just baseline if you're trying to maintain 100 percent of time on rake anyway like you have you have to cast it fewer times because it lasts longer now so that's a little tiny thing also with the new glyph with the um because the fairy fire feral change was turned into a glyph 
you have to glyph into it now instead of it just being baseline. So that was kind of like the the uh, the sort of give and take from Blizzard on like they thought that Ferals were doing a little bit too much damage because of the change. So they reverted it kind of. They made it so that you have to glyph into it. So you have to give up some DPS to be able to glyph for having the proc chance on uh, Omen uh, through Fairy Fire Feral. So the glyph that we dropped because of that is Glyph of Rip, which extends Rip's duration by four seconds baseline. So previously, before they uh, made it into a glyph, Rip would last for 22 seconds because you have 12 second base duration and then Glyph of Shred is similar to Glyph of Moonfire where every time you shred, it'll extend Rip's duration in the same way that Glyph of Moonfire, uh, or no, Glyph of, is it Glyph Starfire. of Starfire? Yeah, Glyph yeah. of Starfire extends the duration of Moonfire by two seconds every time you Moonfire a target that has, uh, or Starfire a target that has Moonfire. It's the same way with Ferals, where you shred a target that has Rip and it extends Rip's duration by two seconds per shred a maximum of three times. So that's an extra six seconds onto the duration of Rip. So it becomes 18 second duration as long as you're getting your shreds out. And then you had the glyph of rip, which was another four seconds. So it was a total of an extra 10 seconds based on those two glyphs. So instead of it being a 12 second duration, a rip was 22. But now, now that we replaced glyph of rip with glyph of omen of clarity, now rip is down to 18 seconds. So things have changed just a little bit with the way that we play because we have to rip more often, which means we're biting less often. So the rotation changes a bit. The priority changes a little bit. Yeah, the, but yeah, that's the logo too. That's what that's what the icon looks like. Um, <laughs> so that changed a little bit. Um, it's not a huge change because it's still a priority system. It's just now like rake is a little bit lower prio and bite is lower prio as well because we want to maintain rip because rip is the majority of our of our damage uh, as far as finishers go. So that's a little bit of of a difference there. Um, and of course, I was talking about the crit cap thing. So like the way that we gear and the specific pieces that we're going to chase uh, and the way that we gem is going to be a little bit different because of uh, having to keep in mind the different caps. Um, probably one of the biggest changes from classes that actually does change significantly with the rotation is Unholy Death Knights because their new relic uh, procs off of uh, different abilities that they normally use they normally they normally death knights don't use scourge strike but with the new bonuses they have the the relic plus their uh set bonuses for tier nine now they want to use scourge strike because it procs a little bit of extra strength um and they have a relic that procs up a, a blood strike or it's 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 that or it's the other way around like they're, they have a blood strike one and they have a scourge strike one so now unholy death knights previously didn't really use scourge strike now they are so their rotation changes, their opener changes. The other thing is Death Knights were using uh, Darkman card greatness for the strength. There were certain things that they couldn't do during pre-pull because it would proc greatness prematurely. So there were certain yeah, pre-pull things. You fart things. and greatest procs. Like, oh, yeah. you, uh, like the fight is, hasn't even started. You're like, oh, shit, I just proc greatness. God damn it. Yeah, used to happen to me on, on my Druid. I would like regrowth myself or something like, or like rejuve myself before a fight just to make sure I was topped off before the fight started and like a tick would proc greatness or whatever. It's like, Dude, come on. Yeah, there's something, I can't believe I didn't think about this earlier. Simon Eyes, he did a uh, great little like tips video uh, for rogues, but I would, I would recommend everybody watch it for TOGC because there's a lot more than just rogue tips. But just like, for instance, like, 
anybody who's the cleaving class is really going to want to blow their load for the first, uh, the first, uh, the first portal, right? So right before pull, right before you go into combat, you just swap your trinket slots, which puts them on internal cooldown. And then the trinkets are up as soon as you go into that next part of as, as soon as the portals come up, trinkets are up. Yep, the portal spawn 20 seconds in the fight. So if you have a trinket that has a 45 second internal cooldown, which most proc trinkets are, you just watch. Well, the I think it's just timer. 30 seconds. I think like I think when you swap in a trinket, it's just it's just a flat 30 seconds before it comes active, right? For every I, trinket, right? I thought it was the full full thing. I'll have to test it, but I yeah, thought it was I'm not thing. sure on that now. But I feel like any time mm-hmm. I've ever put on, so like you could like swap your your you could swap your gloves out too, like. Uh, although that's no that's a uh, cloak i like i know the the on you stuff is 30 seconds when you equip it yeah um, well the gloves you could swap out for me it'd be good to swap out because i have gloves just macroed into everything because i want full up full up time it's probably it's probably dumb for a lot of things but for a lot of stuff like trash it's freaking awesome because i'm just i have like literally a hundred percent up up time on on gloves throughout every dungeon <laughs> yeah but i mean either way it's good to like like, a tip like that is definitely really good to like prevent your proc stuff from being able to proc until you want it to like that's you know that that's the whole yeah and that that is a good thing to do yeah Um, it's the same thing you could do on like razor scale too like right before the pull swap them and then like you only have to afk for just you know 10 seconds to like get your parse instead of just not helping the group at all for the entire start like if yeah. you want to parse, but like you could do that for basically every fight in TOGC though, because like there's so much RP between fights that like there's plenty of time to toggle. Whereas like in Old War and Nax, you basically had to get long pull timers to be able to toggle. And now in TOGC, the that pull timer essentially is built in. Like as soon as you start the RP before a fight, it's like a built-in pull timer, so you have plenty of time to toggle. Yeah. What sucks is uh, on that first, you can't pre-pot on Northrend Beasts. Because you get two seconds of your pot. Like, yeah, because you enter combat well before the boss actually becomes attackable. Yeah, 11 seconds before is from 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 what I've seen. So, like, you know, you, like, you probably only get, like, one second of your pot. Or, like, it's just like, come on. I mean, I guess for, for locks and stuff, it would still be worth it because you'd still be able to snapshot at least a dot or maybe two. Yeah. But, yeah, the uh, that's gonna ch- it's gonna change a few things with uh, you know toggling and things like that and pre pull rotate um, routines and stuff like that. Um, like I was saying with the DK thing specifically because of greatness, they they normally would want to use a ghoul frenzy as part of their um, like pre pull routine, but they can't because ghoul frenzy counts as a heal for their ghoul, so it'll proc greatness. So once Unholy Death Knights get access to Death's Choice or Death's Verdict, that becomes their strength proc trinket instead of Greatness, and uh, Death's Choice or Death's Verdict does not proc off of Ghoul Frenzy. So their pre-pull rotate, uh, routine will change once they get Death's Choice or Death's Verdict from Greatness. So certain things that they did pre-pull are going to change as soon as they get access to that new trinket. And also on top of that, their set bonus and their new uh, their new relic are going to change their rotation fundamentally. 
because with the scourge strike, scourge strike, uh, scourge strike unholy plays differently from regular morb. It's like an extra layer of complexity on top of things because you're trying to get scourge strikes. And scourge strike uses one frost and one unholy rune. It's it's a, lo a little more similar to the way that frost death knight plays, where obliterate uses one frost, one unholy. Scourge strike also uses one frost, one unholy. So there's timing wise and rotationally, things are going to change a little bit for unholy death knights as well. So that's one of those things to pay attention to in these rankings that we looked at earlier is okay when do all these death knights have all these things online and how is that changing where they are on the meters because of it okay okay yeah that's cool um it'll definitely be interesting to see how how it plays out over the course of the uh over the course of the phase uh, anything else before we start to end out here mm. i think we've i think we've covered a lot pretty good yeah yeah now you at home see we only you know we can only know a certain amount of classes and anybody that tells you they uh, know like the ins and outs and intricacies of every class. Well, they're either lying to you or they're a savant. So like, it's just something that, you know, it's just something you can't do, but we'd love to hear what rotation and stat prio changes are coming for your class, your spec, like send us an email, send us a voice, a voicemail, send us uh write comments and the the uh you the youtube version like you know let us know what you know what's coming and changing for you because there's a whole bunch of weird stuff like do you guys know that this priest this is their 232 tier uh four uh four four piece set all through togc just a 232 yeah four oh, like four tier, set tier eight right yeah 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 tier eight yeah that, not the new two, three, two. No, no, nine. no, no. Because the set okay. bonuses wouldn't yeah. be the same. No, this is their yeah. old war tier. Old war, yeah. It's yeah. still Biss. I feel sorry for Dis Priest. It's just like, well, this is it's a little sad for us, you know. Like it's just like, but the set bonus is so good. It's just a straight like, like constant spell power buff. Like that's just always on for disciplined priests, and it's just kind of sad for them that. Their bis, and then also their bis is weird too. Like a lot of the off pieces are have hit on them because dis priests like don't use a, they just don't use a ton of the stats. Like, like so, like just having the like DPS stats are actually better for them, and the hit doesn't even matter. Like it doesn't even matter on the scale. It's just the other two stats are so good for their class that it becomes bis. So I'm sure there's a lot of caster DPS. They're like, what the hell? Yeah, that's wild. A friend of mine has a loot or is also in a loot list guild. And one of their rules is you know, healers can't put hit gear on their loot list. See, and that's crazy right right now because I've looked at it a, a bunch of on a bunch of things because we had a disc priest in our weekend raid that took two hit items. And I was like, dude, <laughs> she's got to be looking at the wrong list, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I went to I went to Mel and she's like, no, there's it's right here. There's like hit. I was like, that's crazy. That's mm -hmm. so crazy. But you know, like their biggest stuff isn't like you know, like once they get to a certain part of haste, haste is completely worthless for them. Just just like hit would would be right, and like and then they just they just want that high crit and that high spell power, right? Like. It's crazy, and because of the way that they utilize their 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 talent to get mana back, they really don't 
indeed all that much mana per 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 five. Like, I mean, Mel's sitting like whenever we do a dungeon or anything or a ten or a ten man, we just get done with the fight and Mel has like eighty five percent mana. Like, and everybody's just like, "What is going on?" Like you. You top healed, okay? Like, it's just like that point, you just start and like, you actually use the hit gear and throw out some smites or something. True, true. Yep. Tank does need a penis. Shoot some, uh, shoot some, some uh, Roman candles at the enemies. <laughs> Shadowbird pain, Shadowbird death. Get the killing blow in the boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, we would, we we would love to hear from you guys and hear what other classes are doing and other things it's interesting to us and love to hear it talk about it again some 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 time in the show but uh yeah we're gonna go ahead and start ending out um i want to remind you guys to follow us on twitter at wc reloaded you can follow the masters buttons network at the mash network uh we want your e your emails you can send those to wcrpodcast at gmail.com you'd like to join the dis the discord get your questions in there maybe get some you know just you know maybe talk to any of us about you know something on this show that's uh discord.me slash warcraft reloaded and yeah how can you help the podcast ratings and reviews would be great we we're getting like reviews like constantly but it's just dried up like something fierce which is just weird to me but yeah, like iTunes reviews, Spotify stars, those are still coming in. Um, iTunes stars work too. You don't have to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, um, but those all help. Comments on the the YouTube, liking, subscribing, hitting the bell, like that helps us grow there. The, the YouTube's been pretty healthy as of late, which is which is pretty good. You know, you guys are about ten percent of our audience now so just keep that growing and let's keep growing on 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 youtube because it seems to be a completely different audience and then yeah that's how you help us out if you want to do patreon or anything it's you know patreon.com slash warcraft reloaded you go to warcraft reloaded.com you can find all of our stuff there all of our social links everything you need to know to help support us but yeah that's uh that's that's how you can help us out all right go where can we find you? I'm going to try to make this the longest one I've done yet. I'm plugging everything here. So we got youtube.com forward slash at classic go. That's C-L-A-S-S-I-C-G-H-O on kick.com slash classic go. Same spelling uh, in game on man on N-A at classic go or go time or go go gadget. <laughs> And then on EU now on Mograine, Classic Go. And then you can also find me Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern on Scotty J's YouTube or Kick channel. I'm sure everybody knows his YouTubes and Kicks at this point. But we have a little show, podcast, if you will, called Cubicle Chat. And uh, yeah, and it, every, every Wednesday. Yeah, it's, a, it's a short one-hour podcast. Really short, really digestible. Everything's quick and concise. Everything's jam-packed into a nice little, yeah, one-hour, 60-minute in and out. five-hour tour. <laughs> nice short yeah. five-hour tour. Short, I, concise, sober podcast. I yeah, love yeah. it that Scotty was like, yeah, we're going to do a short podcast. We're going to do this. And I just thought to myself, 
Oh, you're so cute. You're so new to podcasting. This is uh yeah. Well, and the problem is, is he put he like he was able to keep his stuff shorter when he was doing um when he was doing Dalaran sewers because he always did it at a normal hour of his night. So he did it. It was during our day, our daytime. I think when I first guessed it on it, it was eleven a.m. for me. So it would have been it would have been five uh, p.m. for him. But he now does cubicle chat, and it starts at like midnight his time. And yeah, the sauce goes over, and he just—he's <laughs> having too much fun. He just doesn't want to end it, and so it just keeps going. Yeah, I feel bad for the guests waiting in the waiting room because I'm like, Dude, yeah. I, <laughs> I wish I would have just waited. Although I did enjoy, I did enjoy watching, and like I knew table could see me, but no one on the <laughs> internet could. So I kept making faces and trying to like mess with with table while while he was on. But yeah, so you did the shirt thing at one point. I was like, oh, nice. Yep. Uh, uh, the shirt thing. Yeah. The <laughs> newscaster on on my shirt says, "This just in. You're an idiot." Yeah, yeah. I love wearing that shirt in public because people look at me like, "How dare you?" I'm like, it's, "I'm not talking to you. It's just a funny shirt. Chill out." But yeah, it's it's a fun podcast. You guys should definitely check out, support it so that Scotty J keeps it going. <laughs> yeah, because subsidize his uh, gin, his gin bill. It's uh, it's eighty percent Scotty. I, I give myself twenty percent. Well, I mean, Scotty edits go out most of the time. <laughs> yeah. For the, for the final product, you know, but. <laughs> He he edited one thing out of the intro from the last episode that I really wanted in there. So like at the very end of that intro, I don't know if both of you guys saw the whole thing, but I, did. I was I was standing next to a road and I was like, hey, I'm on like a I don't want to get lost. You know, I'm on a trail, whatever. I was like, I'm going to I'm way out in the wilderness. And for the last second, you can start to see a car enter the frame. And then I had like an additional line, like when the car was like driving by. So like I'm stood there like <laughs> holding my Nintendo DS and my phone recording myself, like while this car is driving by looking like an idiot. And I was like, oh, no, that's just the sound of nature, <laughs> like pretending like <laughs> and he edited it out. I was like, dude, that was I set you up. <laughs> I'm so uh, mad. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. For anybody curious, they do like intro videos that are like IRL stuff that are, that are really, really good. Like Scotty has been messing around with his drone to do different, uh, different, different, different footage for it. Like it's, it's a pretty cool thing. So yeah. He goes always hiking when he does his one. Yeah. I, I might record some tomorrow. I'll be a out true there. Druid out in nature. I would love to see it. Yeah. Yep. I should, I should send you guys some. Like, let me know if you ever wanted me to just send you a a, a video because those first things are hilarious. So I'm, I might I would love to work cameo, on that with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll get a cameo from you for sure. Skits. <laughs> all right, was that all the places? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> OnlyFans and uh, yep, Trillo um, and uh, Thread. No. <laughs> All right, Table, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash at Table Slam, all one word. On Twitch at twitch.tv slash table underscore slam. And on Kick at kick.com slash Table Slam, all one word. 
that, that pesky underscore still haunting me on, on Twitch there. Um, and in-game on Mancrick, uh, Table Slam is my main. Table Bad is my alt. Uh, shout out to the person who uh, called me Table Bad uh, that time that Bob was on Sartre's uh, uh, podcast. And Bob was announcing that I was going to be on the next episode of Warcraft Reloaded. And that one guy in chat was like, Table Bad. <laughs> so I named a character after it, naturally. Um, and of course, uh, I'll be working on my Death Knight a lot, too. So if you're on Mancrick and you want to get a hold of me and I'm on my Death Knight, he's Table Clam. Nice for the clam leap weaving. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Nice, nice. And you can find me on Twitter at blazin underscore Bob. That's B L A Z Z I N underscore B O B. You can find me on Twitch and this show live on twitch.tv slash blazinbob. You can find me on kick.com and this show live at blazinbob. And yeah, you can find everything else you need to know on warcraftreloaded.com. We out. Nice. Adios. Adios.